For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast. Of course, people head to the beach and they go swimming and it can lead to tragedy. In the front of the papers this morning, I see the mirror, brother and sister drown on in holiday horror in Ballybunion and locals and holidaymakers in Ballybunion. That's on the North Kerry side, left numb and shock after the horror that happened at 6 p.m. yesterday. A man and woman in their 50s from the northwest of the country were on holidays at the time. Brother and sister lost their lives, got into difficulty in the sea, a tragedy beyond really belief. Uh, um, swimming horror on Kerry Beach is the front of this morning's mail, and they go into the detail of it and those that came to their aid and rescue helicopters and paramedics and everything, but unfortunately, both passed away. Um, story making the front pages of a lot of the papers today, the tragedies that happen on our beaches. Um, oh, can, I, can I just mention there'll be some changes next week that the Echo pick up on, yet more changes to the city layout with regards to traffic and driving. And I know that there has been changes already. I'm assuming everybody's getting used to it. I'm doing my best to try to, but there's more next week in places like Brian Brew Bridge and Merchants Quay and Camden Quay. Uh, like the changes in Merchants Quay are interesting. There used to be kind of two lanes coming up and one going down. That reverses now to one lane coming up and two going down, that kind of thing. So you need to have your wits about you. Uh, but um, pretty shocking news coming out with regards to the changes in the Irish pub culture. Since 2005, one in five Irish pubs has closed. That's a front page from The Sun today. That equates to 1,829 boozers who've shut their doors uh, in the span of six years. Um, The Echo picks up on it and localises it today, which is great, because they're saying that number equates in Cork to pubs being down nearly 29% since 2005. Like Cork has lost 384 pubs since 2005. Um, And when you drill into it even more than like the mail this morning says, back in 2005, Cork had 1,221 pubs. That's the entire county. 1,221 pubs. Now we have 873. That equates to a drop of 348 pubs that just could not keep going, just couldn't do it. I think it, there's been a generational change, though, and the culture of pub drinking is changing as the new generations unroll. I think that years ago, you met somebody and you went for a pint. There are generations of people now who meet somebody and go for a coffee. So that has changed, and cafe culture has increased, perhaps leading to the demise of, of more pubs. But less people are probably drinking uh, exclusively drinking alcohol. I mean, I came across a bizarre story there some weeks ago. Remember we were chatting about the fact that they were saying more young people are not drinking alcohol. And a publican told me in conversation that people are missing the obvious here. One of the big reasons why alcohol consumption is down, he was saying to me, is because drug consumption is up. He was making the point that more and more people, you could call it generation cocaine, I suppose, more and more people who, who would have drank large quantities of alcohol drink much less now because they're taking cocaine socially. So they don't need to drink. And apparently they can go to the gym the next day. They don't have a hangover the next day. They can get up and go to work the next day on cocaine as opposed to huge quantities of alcohol. So the um, actually the drink driving stats make the papers also today with the mail saying that drink driving on our roads is starting to climb again. Convictions are up 13%. Is it that more people are drink driving or are they just can't 
catching more people. So that's a story that makes this morning's papers on all of them with regards to the uh, demise of the Irish pub. Your thoughts are welcome on that as to the reasons why. Text 086-8104-106. Uh, the changing face of society and how it, af- how it impacts and affects the family. Well, here's a story for you from the Irish Times today where a contra- construction company called Glenvey Construction, they're a massive property company. They have now uh, briefed the Minister for Housing and are suggesting that the government overhaul planning regulations that will allow housing developments to have, wait for it, smaller gardens. So that's the idea. We can build more homes and houses if we have smaller gardens. And while they're at it, they're also suggesting that the separation between homes, like semi-detached homes, should also be tightened up. Uh, I didn't know it, but apparently there's, um, you know, between the house and the border, there's there's supposed to be an eight-metre gap, right? They're suggesting, uh, well, at the moment, it's like 11 metres, I should say. They want that drop down to eight metres. Not quite sure how big they want your garden to be. At the moment, there's a story saying that um, the current standard garden is 60 square metres for a typical three-bedroom house. They're saying that should be cut back to 40 square metres for a typical three-bedroom house. So smaller gardens, please, and less gaps between the semi-Ds. I don't know. I mean... I can see how it would suit construction companies. For sure I could, because they could build more and have more built on the land that they have. But how would that be beneficial to families, particularly families rearing children? Meanwhile, apparently the Mail tells us we're now one of the fattest nations in Europe. Uh, Did anybody not tell the Mail, because I've been told any time I use the word, you're not allowed to use the word fat or fattest anymore? very brave bunch, uh, but they call us one of the fattest nations in Europe and of course all that has to do with what you eat of course. Uh, you eat too much and exercise too little, on will go the weight. Uh, I don't know, I despair. You know the, the, the Wagatha row between um, you know um, Vardy and Rooney? Well oh, that was settled in court but it's far from over. Uh, Rebecca Vardy then did a television interview which other wags now are commenting on. I didn't watch the interview, didn't listen to it. I just don't want to give it any fuel in my life or fuel in my mind. But the war has now reached um, other wags who are saying they're either on Team Rebecca or they're not. So those that aren't saying are saying it was a cringeworthy interview, that it was like uh, the sweatless Prince Andrew disastrous news night chat. I don't know whether you saw it or not, but the wags are weighing in on it. They have so much time and money on their hands, don't they? While other people struggle in the real world. We're talking about pets of late in quite some detail. Um, And people love those kind of stories to do with pets and pooches and stuff like that. I have another one for you this morning. If, for instance, your dog, say you're driving somewhere and your dog is driving you mad in the back seat or maybe you put them in the front seat, I don't know. Maybe they have a seatbelt on, I have no idea. Maybe they're in the boot. It's an SUV way back in the back. But if they are wrecking your head, you should play the music. But apparently researchers have come up with the, the songs that will calm your dog. And quite a lot of it is reggae, I have to say. <laughs> apparently they say dogs love reggae. Uh, the reggae of Bob Marley, Jimmy Cliff, UB40. They also like Pink Floyd, apparently, or Brian Adams. Dogs love the Bee Gees, apparently. How deep is your love? will lull your pooch back to calmness and quietness. Might even get them to sleep. So they break it down this morning as to the songs that dogs love. Another one or two. Uh, Desperado by the Eagles. Um, 
Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. That would be a very, very discerning dog. Fair play. And the ones to avoid anything to do with heavy metal. Anything to do with the likes of Black Sabbath or ACDC or Metallica or Deep Purple or Van Halen or Motorhead. That will drive them insane. I was cycling through town yesterday and it was lovely. There was a great buzz in the city actually. Loads of buskers doing their thing in town yesterday. I was cycling along. But as I was going down the mall, it was fabulous actually. I was cycling my bike and next to me came up this, um, I think it was something like a Honda Goldwing, you know, the 1000 ones, the double seaters, massive big bikes, take two people, passenger up on the back with you. These things are incredible because they have their own sound system on them, on the bike with speakers and the handles, right? Massive big speakers, fabulous bikes. Uh, but your man had it, he's driving down at the traffic lights and they were doing their thing on holidays. I think it was a Dublin Ridge, but they were playing. <laughs> They were playing heavy metal on the bike, really loud. It was fabulous. <laughs> Trying to keep up with them, but it was just a wonderful thing to do. They were in their own zone with their heavy metal on their halls on Lee side in a Honda Goldwing. Um, while going on holidays, of course, can be a wonderful thing. And it's fabulous. And you, you kind of think, some people think they arrive at the airport, they're on holidays. Others think they're on holidays when they start packing their suitcase. But what are you putting into it? Well, we all know it with regards to the women in our lives. How many, come on lads, let's be honest about this. Think about this. How many pairs of shoes does your better half put into the luggage? Well, if you told me six, I'd believe it because apparently defying strict luggage allowances, women then also ask their partners or friends to put their stuff in their luggage. And it's usually their shoes because women take six pairs of shoes with them and they don't ever bother wearing all six. The six are for just-in-case emergencies. Apparently, according to the mail, they bring an average of six. Um, they pack one pair for the pool, one for casual wear, three for evening wear, and a pair of trainers for travelling. Meanwhile, us men on average carry on our holidays three pairs of shoes, or in my case, two. Two. I could get an entire fortnight's holiday into a 10kg bag. Honest to God, not a bother. But that ain't the case with others in my life. So apparently six pairs of shoes. Undoubtedly, you will text me and say that you take more. Please do. If so, how many? Text 0868104106. The average woman takes six pairs of shoes and does not get to wear all six of them. Um, a lot of food-related stories. I'll come back to this later on this morning. But it's barbecue time again. You probably are barbecuing. You probably will be at the weekend and certainly should be next week. But there's great research out now with regards to the perfect cookout. Maybe you're a perfectionist. If you are, you need to know the perfect barbecue on a weekend starts at two o'clock. The temperature should be 22 degrees outside. The barbecue should last for four hours. It should include hot dogs, steak, beer, Coca-Cola, drumsticks, burgers and kebabs. I mean, would you be bothered? You'd be a slave to it if you're cooking all that stuff. There's that and lots more besides. I'll come back to it throughout the course of the morning. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. I mean, years ago, I remember a story because we covered it on the air way back along. It was, I think it was around about 2000. 2015, it was 16 actually because the examiner and the echo were also covering it and I see it's back again now um, and it has to do with property address <laughs> property addresses in Cork. Seamus you can jump in on this later if you want to give us more examples of it but do you remember the story uh, back in uh, 2015 and 16 when there was a sign went up, welcome to Toker Did, were you covering that for press or radio at the time? Welcome to, welcome to Toker. They started vandalising the signs because <laughs> 
some of the residents there said we don't live in Toker this is not Toker this is Wilton <laughs> do you remember anybody I do I actually really I don't know what it is about that story we were talking about it this story yesterday and the first thing that came to my mind was those Toker signs being vandalised they're right. still there though if you, yeah. spy, if you go into Toker they went there. blue they went absolutely red with rage yeah. being told that they were now living in Toker what's when they wrong with all, Toker nothing is wrong with Toker but there's a posh element who don't want to be there because they bought houses in Wilton yeah. and they have Wilton as their address and they felt that I remember the time they felt that if they were in Toker and they were being referred to in Toker that their property values would drop if they ever tried to sell the house I don't know about you but I, I think I'm a bit of a hypocrite here because I live in Ballin Temple which is kind of on the border between Mahan and Blackrock so if I'm up the north side playing soccer with the lads and they say where are you from I go I'm from Mahan <laughs> you know yourself Mahan nice and tough and if I'm walking in then to a job interview where are you from oh I'm from Blackrock my son did <laughs> my son did an internship for a year with Shamrock Rovers in Dublin oh, yeah. loved it it was one of the best things he ever did but at the meetings with all of the other heads from Shamrock Rovers in the boardroom or whatever they sit down he had, they, one guy gave him a nickname and he called him Toher <laughs> hey hey Toher he had to say to him one day he said listen he said Hang on. two things one thing it's not Toher it's Toker and secondly I'm not from Toker I'm from Douglas <laughs> what's wrong with Toker <laughs> nothing <laughs> don't get me wrong I'm not calling out Tokerites my my wife can't go anywhere in the city unless she goes home through Toker oh, fair play to her and, she, and she born and reared in West Cork what she do what, oh, she loves Toker well, she likes the, the, the Lidl out there is it or the Aldi or, or what no she actually went to college in UCC and they stayed on uh, Cherry Top. Oh, she's sentimental. sentimental. The, the latest one now has to do with Jacob's Island. Because apparently on property websites, Jacob's Island is listed as being in Mahan. Mahan it is in Mahan, though. It's like. not. It's in Ballinour. I remember that area when it was just fields. And yeah, farms. but like, uh, I mean, um, that's I, I. I remember that area before Man Point came along. I would have always called that Man. I would have always presumed that to be. I know St Luke's and down that direction is technically, but I would always say it's literally across the road from Man Point. It is Man, isn't it? Would, would people living in Jacobs Island be very disturbed and perturbed to hear that they live in Man? I imagine the people of Jacobs Island most certainly wouldn't <laughs> appreciate the. Inference <laughs> that they could no that longer the, be part is of that. Ballinor. The latest kind of property row on Lisa. No, so, there's so many though. But like, I mean, look, it's it's one of those. <laughs> like, it's, it's a laugh. It's funny. But like, if you're living on the border between Montanotti and Mayfield, let's say, yeah. that's like that could be a big difference to your house price when you go to sell your house. Unfortunately, that's it the way is. It works. They, they they zone the prices by virtue of your address, right? Exactly. Yeah. Me when I bought my first house in 2007. <laughs> The address that was on the actual um, company's website when they were selling the house was Killer Middleton. Now, love Killer. It was a great place to it's live. It's a beautiful, picturesque village. I'd love to live there. But it's no way near Middleton. <laughs> what, I, what would you prefer it to be? Would you prefer the Middleton address or the Killer address? Well, I have the Middleton address now, but uh, I, I would have preferred both. <laughs> <laughs> Castle Marjorie. So that's where is Jacob's Island? Is it in Black Rock? As many people are pushing back saying it is. Is it in Mahan? Or is it, I suggest, in Ballinor, which is neither? Ballinor still exists, does it? Did they erase Ballinor from the Paris records? I suppose ba- I would have always known Ballinor as being the GA club that was down there, but I never would have thought of it as, as being like a a recognisable parish in the city. But could Rochestone claim, uh, lay claim to it as well? <laughs> 
No, no not millions, a home. Millions of millions of, of miles from Rochester. Would you go away and look at a map again? I know. See yeah. where Rochestown is, right? And then compare. Like you'd want to walk from Mahon Point Shopping Centre to Rochestown, you'd know that yeah. it's not in the same parish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, we can come back to that. Text 0868104106. Where is it? Where's Jacob's Island lad? Black Rock or Mahon? This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. Yes, indeed, it's Friday, so it's a free food Friday with Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas, and Blackpool Retail Parks. You need to text or WhatsApp who you are and where you are. 0868-104-106. We'll start the shout-outs in about half an hour's time, and we'll get stuck into it. We also will be telling you more about your chances to win Westlife tickets for next weekend. So all that between now and midday. So text who you are and where you are to 0868-104-106. We'll start the shout-outs and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Fire Park will be feeding at least 15 of you this afternoon with the best of grubs. So more on that throughout the course of the morning. I've been looking forward to talking to Conor O'Keefe all week long. He is running 32 marathons in 32 counties across 32 days with 32 pounds on his back. we got to ask him one question. Why? Conor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing, boy? Thank you. Are you running now? Have you another one completed, or what's the deal? I'm just after starting day number nine, marathon number nine there now in Mona. And each day you take off one pound. So now you would have gone from 32 pounds of weight and you're back to, what, 24? 24. 24 measly pounds now today. Why? Why are you doing it? I am... You know what? It, uh, it started because um, in 2019, I ended up running a 200-mile race over in the UK. And to my surprise, I actually ended up winning it and becoming like one of the only people to actually finish that particular race. Wow. And I thought, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm, fairly, I'm fairly good at this endurance stuff. Um, I might as well keep on going with this. And while I was training and while I was doing the runs, I had loads of people messaging me saying that, you know, that they had they had become inspired in some way, shape, or form in their own lives um, by what I was doing. And I said, you know what, I think we could do this, like, on a national scale. So that's where this, you know, 32 marathons in every single county in Ireland kind of came into it. But, like, on a more personal level for me, um, I kind of wanted to just come face-to-face with failure every day and just see if I could, like, win a day. Every single day, because uh, like I, I remember, um, like I'm doing this for Pieta House, uh, and I remember many, many days where I didn't win the day, you know, and I come home and um, I just I I didn't want to I didn't want to keep going. Why? Um, why, why? Why were you uh, struggling? Was was this? I mean, you're 30 now. What are we talking about here? Your yeah. teens, your 20s? This is like throughout my kind of late teens into my uh, kind of late 20s, really. Um, just a kind of a, a, a long time of feeling kind of p- purposeless uh, in my life, um, just uh, dealing with kind of uh, boats where I just didn't want to get out of bed in the morning, um, I, I didn't want to keep going, I, I had kind of passive thoughts of just not wanting to wake up, um, and it was kind of, it was a recurring theme in my life. It and could you identify any reasons behind it, I wonder, at the time? Do you know what? I think that was probably the most frustrating part of it was I just couldn't put my finger on it at I all. Know, I know, I um, know. You know, and, and all I was doing at that time was just searching out distraction, drinking, nights out, partying, anything really just to take the mind off of it, you know. So and, you uh, dropped out of college, did you, Connor? 
in my final year of college, I dropped out, uh, with, and then I actually ended up uh, going back with two months left to go in the year. Um, and I, I just got, got a, a brainwave when I was watching terrible television one afternoon. Um, I said, you know what, I think I'm just going to go back and finish this out. And I ended up putting in 14-hour days for about two months to get the thing done. Um, such is the way that, you know, my kind of mind works sometimes is, you know, I can, I can, I can really push um, the effort in if I actually have that impetus to do so. Yeah, no, I was, I was listening to your podcasts and watching some of the, the, the chats and lectures that you've given. And you did talk about that aspect of it, dropping out, hitting the bottle, uh, relationship yeah. breakups. Uh, I think you did. Did you do, uh, what kind of martial arts were you into at the time when you snapped your arm? Yeah. Oh, I was in. I was in. Um, I was doing Thai boxing um, for about seven years, and it just it became my whole life. Um, and as soon as I finished that up, I had no like springboards to kind of get me back, uh, you know, into feeling, you know, who I was. Um, and uh, I remember in 2013, I fought for an Irish title, and I ended up getting knocked unconscious in the last round of the fight. And like after that, I had a serious kind of crisis of identity. Really, I, I, you know, I, I lost my passion my fire for Thai boxing which in turn really I lost all my passion and fire for life yeah, yeah. Um, and it just it just kind of sent me spiraling downwards yeah how did you reverse out of that though was it running <laughs> do you know what there was about four years after that which I called wilderness years where I was just I, I didn't know I was like pawing through the dark um, you know I was like working six days a week drinking four days a week um, just constantly seeking distraction in my life. Um, so, like, I, I really didn't... I didn't have the tools, you know, to, to deal with something like that, to deal with a big loss like that, because, you know, I, I had put Thai boxing in a place in my life where I was just like, I am Connor the Thai boxer, and yeah. there's nothing else about me, yeah. you know? And yeah. when, uh, when I lost that, it was like that, that rug was pulled. Yeah. I had to kind of go searching. So I, I, found, I found running much later on, um, and it was kind of almost by accident that I even got into doing this, really. Now, though, you're an ultra-endurance athlete at the age of 30, yeah. running a marathon a day, starting with 32 pounds and dropping a pound every day in weight from your back. What's the significance of carrying weight? Um, well, the, for me, when I felt at my worst, I did feel like it was a waste. You know, you, you wake up in the morning and you feel like there's 100 kilos inside in the duvet and you just don't want to pull it back. You don't want to face the day. Um, and like through my own, it, it wasn't through necessarily through running. running. Running had a part to play in it, but really what it was was mending my relationship with myself. Uh, like I, I really thought terribly of myself and, and I, I reversed that now and I'm my own best friend and, and that's the, the mentality I have and what because I have lost that weight I said you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that weight back on and that's the idea of losing a pound a day is I'm like I'm losing that weight and I'm losing it with everybody with everybody that's following the journey with everybody that's taking something from it they're also losing the weight yeah, you know and yeah. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do with this was, you know, I, like people thought, you know, it's, it's a cliche term of inspiration or whatever. But what, what I would like to do is just, if I can light a fire in somebody, if I can spark something in somebody where they start to think about their own life in a different perspective or they reach out maybe 
and they get help from somebody or they do something that might scare them but that's going to do something wonderful for their lives that's, that's what I'm doing this time. yeah yeah that, that you can't necessarily snap out of whatever you're suffering with but you slowly and surely can drag yourself away from it yeah, and it's only you that can do it. You yeah. know, there's no one going to swoop into you know the, the the front room window and pick you up out of what what you're going through. You know, and you you have to do it. So it's you who has to put the hand up and say, "Look, I'm struggling here. I need a bit of help." Or you know, make that first step. Was Pieta House you know? your? Was did you reach out to them? Was it? I, I, do you know what? I actually didn't, right? What, what actually had happened was it was actually friends of mine that were had used the service, and when I started doing. Uh, the kind of running aspect things, I, I started raising money for them. But it, to be honest, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really know the full extent of the work that they were doing, even when I started uh, raising money for yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, you've put uh, you put a hundred grand goal on the run on the thirty-two yeah. runs, and you're thirty-eight grand into that already. In fairness to you, would you say that there's more than ever now issues, particularly with young people having gone through what you went through, with mental health issues, with well-being? With trying to identify who they are and where they're going, yeah, I, I think so. Like I, I think in the modern world, it's it's hard to like plant your own two feet and try to be your own person. And um, like I think I try to be a million different people. Like I've I've tried to do, be this uh, this guy called David Goggins before, which is like this like ex Navy SEAL Marine, um, you know, tough guy, and all of these different personas. I think that's. A lot of of what uh, what what is kind of that's a bit strange. On, that's a bit strange, is it? You, did you change your name or did you identify yourself as somebody <laughs> else? <laughs> no, like I just I I was just like, yeah, this person is living a good life. I'll just take on what they're doing, and that will fix my problems. Oh, that's very interesting because I think a lot of people, because of social media, actually want to live other people's lives, which probably aren't very happy anyway. Yeah, like, look, I think that's, that's like, a, you know, it's almost a kind of a, a very understandable thing, you know, to, to, for people, if, they, if they're thinking in their, in their minds, here, my life isn't actually going that great, and I'm not really enjoying it very much, but this person's doing that thing, Correct. this thing is making them very, very happy, then they can start emulating when, like, and a lot of people might say, this guy here, he's running and stuff like that, and people talk about running from problems. What, what you actually do is, if you're, in terms of, projecting things outwardly you have to look inside you have to look as to as to like where these things are coming from like and i mean you, you know you might have to dig far back um like i started thinking about things from when i was five six seven eight years old that kind of thing of as to reasons why i was acting in certain ways as at 21 22 23 you know um and, and trying to actually figure out who i was um, because I, I, I was tired of I was tired of trying to be somebody else. Yeah, I know. And um, I wanted to mend the relationship with Connor and, and and become my own best mate, like in that way. Yeah, there's a lot of toxicity, isn't there? Uh, it's not all necessarily on social media and your Facebooks and your TikToks and your Twitter, but there is a lot in there, isn't there? There really is. And I there's think, a lot on Instagram then, where people will be seeing all of these influencers who ultimately the one goal in life is to sell you stuff, uh, and they just get you get sucked into it, don't you? Yeah, like I, I, I suppose it's very, very easy to sell people certain ideologies as well, you know, and ways of thinking about things. Um, like it's, it's difficult at times to, to do, as I said, like stand on your own two feet and actually make your own assertions about things. You've got so much information coming into you at all times. And I don't, I don't actually for a second really actually think that social media is a bad thing. 
I've made wonderful human connections with friends all over the country and all over the world through social media. I think if it's used properly and you're in the position to take to take in what it's given you, it can be a wonderful thing. Ah, you know? I know just, that. There are upsides to it. Know, I just despair when I see so many young people literally stuck in their phones, even while they're walking. God knows you bump into them now because they don't see where they're even fecking going these days. Yeah. Um, so here we are on day, pardon me, day eight, is it? Uh, day nine. Day nine. So, how are you? How are you feeling with eight marathons in eight days already under your belt? Do you know what, Neil? Right, I've ha- I have such a wonderful support network of people that are making this happen. That I'm actually able to be in a fairly good state. You know, I've got like my father has been with me every step of the way. You know, mixing up bottles of uh, bottles of food for me to 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 take on. He's in with me every day. He's helped me strapping things up. He's making sure everything is being done. You know, my partner, Mel, who's at home, she basically, for like the two or three weeks before this project even took, you know, even took flight, was 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 supporting me in so many different ways. I had my coach, Donica, and he, he Donica fit for long, who was up here for four days, who really kind of... Um, set up a routine as to how we would do it. What is the routine? I mean, what do you do with regards to where do you sleep? What, what do you eat? What, how many calories are you taking on every day? <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's actually, what's actually been tremendous is the, the human kindness and compassion that we've been getting on this journey. Like, you know, because we've had so many people uh, reach out. We've been staying in hotels, B&Bs, guest houses, in all of these areas, which is just invaluable to get a good night's sleep. Sleep is the most important thing for recovery. You know, no matter what you do, if you're not getting enough sleep, you're going to crash. And um, because people have, have reached out and have been so kind to us, we've been able to sleep. So, like, when I, when I wake up in the morning, um, it's just basically uh, start creakily moving my body around the place in the morning just to try and get some sort of movement together. Um, and then I'm, I'm just I'm straight down getting some food into me. It's hard enough to eat, to be honest. You'd think that I'd have a massive appetite doing all of this stuff, but sometimes it can actually be very difficult to eat because your your body is like... uh, Your body kind of thinks that you're in trouble. You know, your body thinks that you're you're trying to survive. Well, if I was in 32 uh, hotels, I'd be having 32 full Irish breakfasts to get me going, (laughs) no? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. You're like lump the calories into you like as as best you can. That's what we're we're trying to do, you know, because like the last thing I want to be doing is like losing a rake of weight. Like, you know, I don't want to be, I want to try and maintain uh, like what what I have. Can I just, can I just have a quick chat? Can I have a quick chat with Evan? Yeah, so what are you eating? Uh, oh, like uh, it, actually, during the actual day, it's all liquid. Uh, it's liquid carbohydrate. I'm mixing maltodextrin, which is basically just like powdered sugar. Yeah. In in uh, yeah. Oh no, it's 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 about as as pleasant as it sounds. Do you not have uh, a, Would you not have six or seven marathons or six or seven uh, Mars bars? Marathons would be good, wouldn't it? If they make those, I mean, Snickers. Yeah. They, they, they would be great, like, but it's just your your stomach could just be like, what are you doing to me here? Like trying to get trying to trying to digest all those bars. Like, so what know? do you so eat at the I end of the, the marathon? Do you have a big slap up? Oh, do you know what I do now? I get a big 
uh, Yazoo, uh, a chocolate milk. That's what the number one thing is, and I, I look forward to it every single day. I slap it into me. I'd say it's literally a Houdini job, like, just disappears. I, 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 it's like the thing that's driving me in the last, like, two or three kilometres just to get get that chocolate milk into my hand. Have you noticed the weight drop that you're carrying? It's gone from 32 pounds now to, what are you carrying now? Around about 22, is I, it? I, I, I'm carrying 24. 24. Yeah, like, I've literally, I've stitched this weight vest into me, like, because I was training the whole time with 32 pounds on, like, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be walking around little with it on, <laughs> I'd be walking around the dog park with it on, I'd be, I'd be down the middle, I live in Wicklow, like, you know, so I'd be down the middle of Wicklow town, like, and people just be looking at this guy, like, does this guy have a bomb on him, or does he have a stab vest or something on him, like, this guy looks dangerous, and I'd be, I'd be taking it everywhere, like, you know, and it's just, it's just become my baby you know and um, so when the pound starts to drop out I think I'm just so in tuned with, with how, how heavy it was it's definitely getting lighter I'm definitely able to get a bit more uh, purchase on my, on my running uh, like technique you know Hang in there a second before I let you go because yeah. I know Evan Shelley uh, has 528 Creative Productions and I believe they're filming you as you travel uh, for uh, a film documentary Evan good morning I need everything. Good. Uh, so, are you following along with cameras? Is it? That's the plan. Yeah. So basically, we we started five to eight four years ago, and we're we're here now somehow in Monaghan filming cars. <laughs> somehow. Are you up on a bicycle? Is it? Yeah. So what we did was we uh, we had to give a shout to Robbie there from uh, Bike Solutions. He basically had a trailer, and we were having a chat with him. So what we are doing is we're myself and Mark, who own the company, are are sharing the the, the cycle half each. So. We have a trailer, one of us sitting on the back, and the other one pulling the other fella. With the how, how do you how do you make thirty two marathons if a guy literally running the roads looks sexy in a TV documentary? Uh, we'll see. That's the uh, that's the trick. Uh, it's a story that has to be told. I think, and it was just too interesting to leave it passive. Um, what am I hearing there? Is that you, Connor, running? Is it? Oh yeah, Jesus, it probably is. I'm flaking off there. I'll mute myself. No, you're grand. Don't worry about it, man. I was just wondering whether Connor was running along or whether Evan was running alongside you. Probably not. No, Evan. We're we're yet to hop on the bike. We have to hop on there now and catch up with him and find him somewhere in Manhattan. And are you posting any little video clips on a daily basis, Evan? Then are you doing anything on Insta or anything? We are yet at five to eight creative and also on Connor's Instagram account. It's at C-O-K-E-E-F-F-E and tell me this what will you do with uh, like what will it be about an hour an hour and a half when you're finished and packaged so we we met Connor about three years ago so we've actually been following him since so I'd say we have maybe 50 hours of him at this stage uh, probably more so getting it into an hour might be difficult but so we'll try to get it under two hours what would you do with it then when you're finished with it uh, film festivals I think is the plan um, we're, we're aiming high but uh, film festivals is where we'll start fantastic so you would have started you would have started pre-COVID would you yeah, so we, we basically saw Connor on Instagram, uh, back to your Instagram social connections. Um, myself and Mark actually met on Instagram as well, so uh, we saw Connor. We thought he was a bit mad and he'd be great <laughs> for an old documentary. Um, so we, we met him in October, so nearly three years ago now. Started following him then, and then obviously COVID came along and, and cancelled Project Heart to do the first time around, but uh, we've been kind of glued to his hip ever since. You stuck with it, in fairness to you, and it's happening now, and it's in motion, quite literally. Be good to chat with you guys again in the coming days and weeks. Would you be free, Evan, just to give us the odd update? 
Absolutely, yeah. No all right. Okay, well, I'll let you get back to the filming then. Get rolling and get stuck in, all right? Connor, come yeah, off they- mute. I just want to wish you well. Um, Monaghan oh, yeah. today, where are you doing tomorrow? We're into Fermanagh tomorrow. So we're just heading across to Fermanagh to get number day number 10 done. And that was always like a huge milestone for me was get to day 10. Then I only have 10 kilos worth of weight left. What happens if uh, your feet get destroyed with blisters? Oh, like, do you know what? My, my two feet now are like two iguanas. They're like two lizards. They're after being worn into like loads of uh, like tough calluses and things like that. So that's not actually the worst part. But the worst part is I'm, I'm getting uh, stress fractures on my feet. So like there's tiny fractures in the, in the small bones of my feet right now. So like one of my feet now looks like a mummy's foot. Like it's just... Oh my up. God, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, no, look, it's it's kind of part and parcel of this whole thing. Is I, I wasn't going to be able to get through 32 marathons without some bit of pain and some bit of suffering, you know, but oh where I am right now, very happy with it. Like, you know, okay. very happy. And are you being medically checked at the end of every run, yeah? <laughs> I should probably be, you know, I should probably be... Psychologically checked. After every single one of them, yeah. Uh, no, I'm... I'm not. To be honest with you, my dad is the one that kind of just gives me the once over. Like you know, he's like a he's like a mechanic lifting up, up the hood, just kind of you know making sure. Yeah, yeah. You're a rubbing down with deep heat or rubbing down with chin of unction. <laughs> Queer name, but great stuff. Off you go yeah, again another yeah. day. All right. Yeah. So are you doing it clockwise? Is it or anti clock? How you how you how you knocking off each county? Um, I'm doing a kind of a zigzag, uh, basically. So it's back and forth. So we start in Dublin. We headed up the northeast coast. And we just headed right across the country over to Donegal, and we've made our way back over along now to Monaghan today. Mon- Monaghan is a bit of an old doozy of a one now today because <laughs> uh, it's a 1.6 kilometer stretch that we're doing over and over and over and over again. Oh God um, Almighty, that yeah. sounds mind-numbingly boring. Oh, well, and and tell me, when are you? Will you finish in Cork? I, I'll finish up in Cork. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping to. Uh, I'm hoping to do an old couple of laps of uh, Maradike uh, running track when I finish up. Um, just to, be just incredible. to get everybody together and maybe my mother and my par- my partner is 33 weeks pregnant. So she'll hopefully do a, 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 a lap or two walking with me uh, in the Maradike when we finish up. Well, when you get to about 8 or 10 pounds weight that you're carrying, you'll know what it's like for a pregnant woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Here, I, maybe I, I, maybe I, 20 pounds for a twins are 25 pounds oh, for triplets yeah I'm, I'm absolutely in awe of her like and, and just women's bodies in general since this whole thing has happened so what I'm doing is absolutely nothing you know I'm not growing a person inside in this vest <laughs> alright I'll let you I'll let you clip on then if anybody wants to raise money or add to the proceeds that you raise so much you've got 38 mm-hmm. grand of 100 grand gold how can they do it um, well, it's all kind of like my Instagram page is the HQ of this whole thing. So it's, as, as Evan said, it's at C-O-K-E-E-F-F-E. And you can also follow the boys at Five to Way Creative because they have a lot of content that of like behind the scenes stuff that's definitely worth uh, checking out. But if you click the link on the bio, you'll see Project 32 donations. Donations have been flying in. And if anybody is out there and they don't have... Uh, the amenities they don't have the funds to donate if you want to share it across your platforms if you want to tell your brother or your mother your sister your dog walkers postman whoever you want to tell about it 
just shout it from the rooftops for us. If you don't have the money right there and there, you know, we all know that everybody is kind of feeling the pinch at the moment and uh, it'd be great just to get the word out. Okay, there. so just give me one place that people can go to then. Yeah, it's uh, if you go to at COKeith uh, on Instagram, click the link in the bio and it's right there for you. Okay, my man. Be very wary that next week you're going to be bait from the heat, be mid-twenties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I've, I've got the old uh, the, the chilli crocodile Dundee style half ready for rock and roll. <laughs> crazy, crazy person. <laughs> Have a great weekend. We'll chat with you next week, see how it's going, all right? Great stuff, Neil. Thanks a million, Take care, Connor. Good luck to you and Evan as well. Check him out, guys, online on Instagram. Back after the break. Good luck to him. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Free Food Friday. Text who you are and where you are to 0868-104-106. We'll be watching Connor very closely in the weeks ahead, culminating here on Leaside uh, on the 28th day of August as he will run around the Mardike. Fingers crossed that he'll make it. He sounds to me the kind of guy who will. He'll drag himself into Cork. Uh, you know, you talk about endurance, so talk a little bit about Ironman in a few minutes' time, but just ahead of that, with regards to sport, uh, news overnight of yet another Cork City GAA pitch uh, vandalised. Uh, this morning I have to tell you about um, the GAA club in Cork that has been left has now been left with thousands of euro worth of damage uh, to repair after vandals broke into their pitch. St. Michael's Gaelic Football Club's pitch in Mahan is the latest to be destroyed. They broke into the pitch and they destroyed the facility they spray painted the dugouts. They smashed the newly installed uh, floodlights. The dugouts were plastered with spray paint. The newly erected advertising signs were destroyed in graffiti. 50 foot floodlights that had just been installed for the training pitch were smashed by rocks, and broken glass was left littering the pitch. Heavy rocks left on the pitch. It will run to thousands and thousands of euro. You've got to ask yourself the question why? I don't know. Uh, in the space of 12 months, we just this morning sat down and thought about another half dozen incidents of soccer clubs and football clubs and Guyan hurling clubs being vandalised. Uh, a few of them. In July of this year, Castleview AFC. Fires set off in a number of places on the ground, uh, in addition to tearing down the goalposts. June of this year, Ringmahan Rangers fencing stolen from a brand new Astro pitch. April of this year, Middleton Football Club goals and other equipment uh, broken and smashed. May of last year, Waterloo Football Club near Blarney. The shed was set alight, resulting in the loss of all of their nets, footballs, poles, all of their training equipment. And April of last year, Ballancolic AFC um, destroyed, ripped up and signs and the pitch and everything just thrown around, strewn around the pitch. So they're just a few examples. God knows I've forgotten an awful lot more. But the latest one, act of wanton vandalism, thousands of euro worth of damage to St. Michael's Gaelic football pitch in Mahan. You know what they did last week? They had an incredibly successful cool camp for the underage. Huge work put in by volunteers, committee, the club, and then they come back next week and they go out to the pitch and they see the devastation. It's just disgusting. It really and truly is, and it's pointless. And that down at their club in Mahan. Text 0868 on that. Just quickly, this side of uh, 10 o'clock, this time next week, I suppose we'll be right in the middle or at the beginning of Iron Man. But where the hell are you going to stay? There's not a bed to be had. Uh, Dave, good morning. And that's the point, isn't it? That uh, it's a big international event that you all are lucky to exclusively have for, have for a number of years. But yet as a tourist town, there's nowhere to stay. Well, I, it's like this now, Neil, I'll tell you. Um, I was at the previous Ironman, probably 2019, I think. 
But and it was a what? Well, it was a success, but it was a complete washout because there was monsoon rain. There was on the day. Like I, I was down there, and it was. There won't was, be for this one though. The weather's entirely no. different. Yeah, for the one next. No, but weekend. the point I want to make, Neil, and first of all, I want to say about now. I have nothing against Ukrainian refugees, and I can't imagine what they're go- having to leave their own country and to leave and come to a, a country with a different culture. It must be a, a huge um, change for them. But having said that. Um, we're a country of 5 million people we're only a dot in the ocean there's uh, countries, a lot of countries in Europe like with populations of 80 million and 60 million and 90 million we've only 5, I just think that uh, we, you know 3 weeks ago when when uh, 140 had to be um, staying in Dublin airport over yeah, like, I, know, I know that and now they're oh, giving yeah. another 50 million to the yeah. Catholic Church to adapt their building so we've literally yeah. run out of places to put them up. I get that and I know that the quality hotel yeah. down in Yall is not open for business because the government gave them 12 million euro Correct. to take Ukrainian refugees who could turn that down I mean you could hardly say no to that well, it's like, it's like the, the golfers going from the PGA over to the live. They're all multi-millionaires, but they want more money. They're, never, they're greedy. Like they never get, you know, they're all... Uh, well, they're all you, I mean, yeah, I think if, if you were running a hotel like that yourself and you were offered, okay, yeah. this is very straightforward, do this, X, Y, Z, this is the food, these are the bedrooms, here are the Ukrainian refugees, there's 12 million. It's much, easy, come, it's much easier work. When this whole thing is all over, that might come back to haunt them. Because could do, yeah, could do. Because uh, I'll tell you why, Neil, ne- y'all is a tourist town. There's no industry in y'all. It depends on tourists. And whatever money they make between May and September probably keeps the business people going for the winter. Yeah, no. an, awful, an awful lot of the restaurants and bars in y'all don't open um, seven days, you know. Some are down to like three and four days. You, I mean, I was talking to somebody recently who was down in y'all on a Monday or a Tuesday. It might even have been a Wednesday. There was one restaurant available serving food one in the entire yeah. y'all area and that was the Keys restaurant and bar uh, yeah I was in there about a month ago and around that time and they open yes it's insane uh, uh, but, yeah, that, but that, that, that's, the, that's the way of it there's nothing you can do about it that's, there just are no beds yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but uh, there are no beds. But, Neil, the athletes that are coming over and their families and friends hundreds of them all over the world they're staying in Mitchellstown for my Mallow, Dungarvan. I mean, that's that's scandalous. And are they I wondering mean, why? I mean, if, if if you have to, if you're here you know, for five five days as an athlete, and you have to go from Mitchellstone to Yall home in the evening, back in the next day, you're not going to cut you an absolute fortune at petrol, like adding up to. I mean, it's absolutely insane. This, this whole refugeating needed should be capped. We no, no, they're asking sports. Well, maybe like, maybe they might be told and should be told that there's uh, that we've we've that there's a humanitarian crisis going on at the moment because of the Russian invasion and war against Ukraine, and that we're doing our bit to help. They might say, "Well, well, fair play, T, fair play." When you pull into when you pull into a, a, a petrol station to fill your car, when your when your tank is full, I'm, I, I'll have to say it: you just cannot put any more into the tank. You just close it; it's full. It's the same. We ran out of places to put them. They're asking sports clubs now, like the rugby clubs, soccer clubs, GA clubs. Will they put them into in their halls? I mean, who wants to be living, lying down inside in the sports hall up in the den for the next 12 months? I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. No, and it's very unfair as well. And the refugees have to be in them kind of conditions, like. I think, anyway, that's my opinion. Well, I mean, the conditions in the hotels must be very good. 
Yeah, well, as I said, you the quality hotel and the Imperial Hotel down the, down the main street and all. That might come back to haunt them when people are, want to come and stay overnight. Okay. That might happen down the line. All right, we shall see. All but, right. But, but Neil, yeah. Neil, just before you go, I was saying to Seamus, you know, the traffic changes next week. 30 seconds right? on that, yeah. I don't have much time. Okay, what about right. them? I, I'm just reading one line from the Echo on page four. Um, northbound vehicular traffic will no longer be permitted to turn right from Merchant's Quay onto St. Patrick's Bridge. Well, I, 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 I never done that anyway. But the next line is, or turn right from Lavitt's Quay onto Christie Ring Bridge. Oh, there'll be except, mayhem over that. Except for buses. So uh, I'm winding up to the Granite Broad Churchfield Holly Hill. I come up Lavitt's Quay. I can't turn onto Christie Ring Bridge. Where do I go? Up if you can't turn right onto Patrick's Bridge or turn right onto Christie Ring Bridge, how are you supposed to get to the north side? That's right, that's right, just saying. Like, I mean, what are, where are we supposed to go Jeez, next week? Jeez, there'll be absolute chaos. All right, Dave, back after 10, text 0868 I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie, and you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, just a little bit of time out, lads. We have more family passes to give away this side of midday. Family tourist passes. You can take the entire family to all sorts of various wonderful tourist attractions. We've been doing it for weeks. We'll continue across August. Some more opportunities this morning for family passes. Plus, there may well be a Westlife song sometime between now and midday. You're listening out for... Hello, my love. Hello, my love. Uh, If you hear it, don't call. You need to text or WhatsApp the phrase, live my best life with Westlife. If I play a Westlife song between now and midday, text live my best life with Westlife to 086-8104-106. I may play it, I may not. It could be Phil Burke. It could be Mac later on. Who knows? But we have tickets to give away right across this uh, weekend and indeed next next week as well to see Westlife at Pocky Cueve uh, Saturday, tomorrow week. Okay, so that's all happening uh, some stage today between now and quitting time. I might play it. You never know. I might get uh, I might get Figari and play a Westlife song. Meanwhile, uh, first bunch of shout-outs then for our Free Food Friday. Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park will feed at least 15 of you. Selection of starters consisting of chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. A selection of mains including chicken wraps, pittas, chicken pittas, beef burgers, oh, beautifully basted in the piri piri sauce, piri salted fries, rice and the waffle fries. And then all of the different uh, dressings to go with it. And then you build your own cheesecake, put your own toppings on it. They'll send you Kinder, Bueno sauce and Kinder pieces, Nutella and Smarties and all sorts of bits of crunchies and wonderful things like that. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And our first shout outs to everybody listening in PepsiCo in Little Island, Atlantic Flight Training Centre in uh, Cork Airport, Donovan's Pharmacy in Ballinafihan are listening, Haven Bay Nursing are listening as well in Bandon. Good morning to you all, particularly Francis and Amanda. The dispatch team at Roadstone and Ballancolleg, AirMed, Medical Training and Supplies in Mallow, uh, Caremark Cork on the Tremor Road. A great team and they're starving Marvin. House of Hair and Kinsale, Sandra, Donna, Arlene. And welcome, Denise, to the new team. FDC Accountants in Wellington Road, Castle Point, Boatyard and Crosshaven. O'Sullivan Pharmacy on the South Douglas Road. AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower. Easy Living Interiors in Little Island are listening. Everybody at Pro Valley and Mahan Point are listening as well. Amberley Nursing Home in Fermoy. To all of the gangs at Gang at Irish Removals in Bishopstown. Munster Garden Sheds. Morning, just 
Jacinta. It's Jacinta's last day. She's getting married next Wednesday and would love a good feast to celebrate. I wonder, though, would that be a good idea? Trying to get into a wedding dress with uh, a big, big feed of roosters, but <laughs> you never know. ECI, JCB and Carry Tool, Kevin McGannon Builders, Topman Barbers, Transport Services in Ballyvalan, Honey Browns in Ballancolic, DesignStore.ie in Sunny Yall, everybody at Glen Heights Pharmacy, and just one or two more, Home Instead in Black Rock, Smurf at Kappa, Kappa, and Premium Golf Brands in Farnree. So we'll do another bunch of shout-outs in a half an hour time, half an hour's time, I should say. Text who you are and where you are to 86 we got calls, texts, and emails on the way. Just ahead of the break, though, because I don't want to keep Sinead waiting any longer than she needs to. Morning, Sinead. Good morning. How I know on a morning, thank you, I'm well. I know that on a probably is it a daily basis that you drive nearly an hour and a half to the front strand beach in Yall? No, weekly, weekly. Weekly, okay, yeah. okay. It said daily here, so it's weekly, okay. Because you love that beach, do you? I do. I do, I love it loads and um house prices kinda of drove me more North Cork. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we bought our home in North Cork, but um I do I, I have huge fondness for Yall. So, there ain't no beaches um, in North Cork. Apparently, you need to get to the coast. So, <laughs> what happened on what happened on Wednesday? Well, the, the reason I contacted you because I was hoping you'd give a shout out to the couple who came and helped me yesterday. I want to do that. Um, I want to do that. So, thank you so much for this opportunity. But what happened was I took my two small boys, uh, aged four and three, and my two dogs, one large, one small, to the beach. And we went um, down onto the front strand and we went slightly away from the crowd, which I always do. And my dogs are well-trained, so they always stay right, like, right by us. Um, and I went over by, are you familiar with where kind of treatment um, pipe is? There's like a block yeah. and then yeah. there's a pipe leading out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just, just to the right of that. And my boys were up on the square block that's there, up high, having a snack. And this man came over and he sat behind us, um, next to me, uh, completely away from the crowd, um, with us, basically. And I was very perplexed. I was kind of thinking, what is this guy doing? Yeah, because you were away from everybody else. But I was asking the lads this morning to tell me, like, how close is close? He was about two feet from me. Oh, my God, that's right up next to you. And, and, but not even that, like, he was behind that block with my boys in front of him on, on, on like, on a height. So, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have a view, basically. Okay, but anyway, he is where he is, sitting right next to you yeah. and the lads. So and you felt clearly of, very uncomfortable. There's a, there's a big oh, beach there, like. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. So I was like, oh my God, this, this is odd. And he looked just so strange he just he was giving me really bad, bad vibes and he was smoking cigarettes and he had like dirt on his hands and I looked at him and I said are you okay can I help you and he said oh I'm just enjoying the view so I was thinking oh god this this is really strange you know I was very perplexed I didn't know what to do um so I said boys come down from there so I, I took the boys down and I said okay boys we're gonna have to leave making it clear I was really uncomfortable and I started gathering all my things. But then, you know, you've got so much stuff. So my hands would have been full between all the paraphernalia, the blankets, the, the, the seats, the dog's leads and stuff. And then the two boys would have been trailing behind me. Yeah. So I was saying, okay, this is going to leave us vulnerable. I don't know what this man wants, you know. Um, so I said to myself, I'm going to have to just face this and deal with this head on. 
So after a couple of minutes, he didn't leave. So I said, um, excuse me, but I, I don't know you. Um, so could you, would you mind just moving on a small bit? It's a huge beach. Yeah, good. And um, he yeah. stood up and kind of reared up and he was like, I can't curse. Oh, yeah. so he said, um, what the f- is your problem? You know? So I said, look, I don't have a problem, but you're, you're sitting with us and we don't know you. Yeah. It's a very big beach. He's moved on now from now. sitting next to you, smoking fags and being too close in your space. He's now become verbally aggressive. How do you do that? Yeah, and he's standing up. Yeah. He's in my face. So I repeated it again to him and he started again to get a bit aggressive. You know, you're, you're a psycho, you're this, you're that. So I said, okay, I need help here. What do the and boys make of all of this, or even your dogs for that matter? You know, they, they're all very quiet. They carried on playing. Um, uh, to be honest, I wasn't really focused on them at this stage. Yeah. I, all my focus was on him. Yeah, okay. okay. And getting him away from us. Yeah. So I don't even know how the boys were behaving at this stage. I just needed him to go away. Um, and I had looked around me before I spoke to him, and I had spotted a man down to my left. Uh, he was the closest man and a woman with him. Um, and I, I had really, there was really nobody else kind of in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. So, Did you shout to that man? Well, that that stage and I thought, I'm going to have to make a scene. I'm going to have to get people aware of what's going on. So I just, I, I, I screamed at him. I don't know you, please go away. I don't know you, please go away. I just kept it going. And I kind of turned my back and there was two women with two dogs and I was shouting at them, I don't know this man and he won't go away. But what I didn't know was that man was running towards me and there was a lifeguard also running towards me. So at this so, stage now, a man and a woman are running to help. Yeah, yeah, and a lifeguard. So that man, the, the guy I was shouting at, he went up kind of behind us, up onto the embankment, and he was shouting at me, you know, you're a psycho, you need help. And I just kept up my shouting, you know, go away, go away, go away. And then I turned and this man was like, you're okay, you're okay. And this woman joined him then suddenly and she was like, you're all right, you're all right. Now he's gone, he's gone. And the lifeguard said, we have the guards called. So I was shaking with all the adrenaline. Um, and bless her, like she gave me a big hug. And she was saying to me, you're all right now, you're all right, you're safe, you're safe. I checked straight away on the kids, the kids were fine. And everything then started coming, you know. I started calming down a bit and the man was like, you're all right, we're here, you're okay, yeah, he's gone, he's gone. And they stayed with me then till I calmed down. And um, You said that the gar- lifeguards did a great job as well. They photographed the guy's car, called the guardie yeah. and had been watching him all day, is it? Yes, um, allegedly. I, 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 I was speaking to um, a female lifeguard and when I went, because the guards came to, to talk to me, and she told me that um, this, that morning he had gone down onto the beach and sat at a woman's feet and was actually touching her feet. So she went and reported it to the lifeguards who, in fairness to them, because I mean, these are, these are youngsters, you know, they're, they're doing a great job. Yeah, but they really that's not are part the of what they're supposed to do, though. Yeah, yeah. like they, she took a picture of his car, um, so she got the reg and they reported it to the guards straight away. But um, apparently, like, all day long, he was back and forth to the beach, that exact area. So they were keeping an eye on him. So the reason the lifeguard was so close to me was because he was watching him. He was watching that man. So what did the guards say about the matter? They said that they are aware of him. 
he's known to the guards and they have called to his house and they will be speaking to him about his behaviour. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a little consolation to you because you were very upset and clearly very frightened. It was a verbal assault that could have been a lot worse. It could have been a physical assault. I just didn't know what he wanted, you know? It, It was so strange. It was so surreal. But, I mean, he definitely didn't expect me to start roaring. You Don't, know, looking back, yeah. I can see his face now again, and he was shocked. He didn't realise I was going to bring so much attention to him. But he must have been doing this all day long. I know, I know. Him. But you know what? I mean, I was just thinking about it earlier on, and this is just my, my own take on it, and I have no evidence to, to prove that I'm right or wrong, but I'd say he's unwell, you know? I'd say he's oh, unwell. I think he's he's probably off. He's off his meds or something, something like that. I was just thinking out loud, you know, thinking yeah, that oh, uh, no, that he probably you. isn't, you know, incredible highs and lows and mood swings and stuff like that. And he's he's just unwell, you know. Um, there's definitely something wrong, you know, because he like he was shocked that I would even like ask him what he was doing there. Yeah. But to, 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 for a person to go back to the same place all day long, I know. and he was very aware he was being a nuisance. I know. And on, and so at, on mean, that basis, I think he probably needs more help than criticism. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, he needs to leave people alone. He, he does, but I, I'd say he's... Absolutely he does, but I wonder if he's even aware, you know, the, the state of mind that he's in as to what but he's the, doing. As the guy told me he's going to have a word with him about his behaviour... And they've spoken to his girlfriend about his behaviour as well. Yeah, I do, yeah. Oh, maybe I shouldn't read into what's going on in his mind or his head or medically or psychologically or what he is or isn't on. He clearly needs help and he needs to cop himself on. Uh, you, you, you worry. You wanted to say thank you to those people, didn't you? I do, oh, they were fabulous cause, because uh, his wife was telling me that um, like, she looked and he was just running. So she just ran after him, you know. So he obviously like, heard me and straight away ran to my aid, which in fairness, in, you know, I, I'm just very, very grateful that they came and they helped me and they stayed with me till I calmed down and I was able to think clearly. And then after a few minutes, I rang my husband um, and then I, I packed up and left because I, know. I was nervous he I was going to come back again. Know. With, you know, Is that the I end of you at that beach now or what are you going to, do you think you'll be slow Honestly, to go back there? I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm not going to be all bravado. Uh, yeah, that's 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 that area for me, done. Shame, isn't it? It is because uh, for years I've been going. Uh, my my 15 year old daughter was raised on that beach, you know. And now my two small boys, like we would we would go there regularly. I'm very very fond of the area, and I love to swim there all year round. Ah, that's an you awful know? thing. Now the consequence of that event that you won't maybe go back I'll there. Maybe I'll feel different in a few days, but for now, I just feel. I'm strangely for me because I'm not. I'd be quite a confident person, but I felt I felt very, very vulnerable. I know, I of course you did. Know what he wanted. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, Anything could have happened. It did happen, yeah. but it could have cut. It could have been an awful lot worse, bad enough oh, as it, it was. In a split second, you could have been assaulted physically as well. He could have had a knife. He, he could, could have, have had done, anything. Yeah, all of that. And he was like he was bold as brass, like right in on top of us. Um. But I think it's very sad though that you won't go back there because sentimentally it's got great memories of rearing the children there and everything it's yeah, a, that's the consequence of crime isn't it you know? yeah but for now I'm just I'm a little bit off now about it because um, I just didn't think that could ever happen out in public like that I you know? know I know I know I know do you get their names or anything the man and woman do you know they told me their names but I can't remember because I was shaking I know and they told me they like they when they went away they said they told me their names and they said, we're just here if you need us. 
And before I left, I kind of shouted over, thank you so much. And I headed off, but I was a bit of a brain fog. Yeah, I just I know, wanted to get just, everybody in the car safe. You had other things on your mind, yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. they're really nice people. I want to say thank you so very much to them. And to the lifeguards, because they are doing a great job. The kindness of strangers. Um, let, let the guardy take note that this needs to stop. And whoever he is, he needs to, mm-hmm. you know, he needs to be... If he's known to them, yeah. I mean, he shouldn't be wandering the beach. Well, here we have now somebody who rear their children on a beach. If they know, if he's known to them, they need to step up whatever they can need to do to stop him doing what he's doing, because the consequence of this is the upset and the worry and the fear and the frightening mm-hmm. experience you went through. But the fact that you may never go back there again, and that's the saddest part of it, you know. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Sinead. Well, thanks for getting in touch, and uh, hopefully this call uh, will reach those who came to your aid, and they know that you reached out to say thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Look after yourself. Take Cheers. Care, I think it's very sad. I hope you do go back there, Sinead. I really do. Um, you know, because it has memories of rare and the children there. And we all love memories, you know. We love the photographs of, you know, back in the day. I'm constantly looking at the old photographs when my kids were small and the places we went and the things that we do. Um, and how grossly overweight I was into the bargain. But anyway, that's for another day. Can I just stay actually with the bravery and the intervention of people? Thank you so much to the O'Connell family and Powdered Off Road who got in touch with me and they said, they sent me a beautiful card actually, a beautiful gold card, handwritten story in it. And they said, we'd appreciate if you could commend on air the bravery of three brilliant men who saved a young boy from drowning last Sunday evening in Yall. We had been for a family meal in the Walter Raleigh Hotel. My aunt Kathleen was home from Germany on holidays and we were having a get-together. 13 of us there in total, 9 adults and 4 children. Fabulous meal. After the meal, about 6pm that evening, Sunday evening, we decided to take a stroll across the road and we walked onto the pier overlooking the stretch of beach. At the time, there was no one around apart from a lady with a young baby on the beach and a boy and a girl wading in the water further out. Uh, Mike O'Keefe, husband of Margaret O'Connell, continued watching the children. All of a sudden, he started running and shouting that the boy was in trouble. We all started running after Mike. Looking over the high wall, we could see the boy struggling and going under the water. He had gotten caught in a rip current and we learned later that he couldn't swim. My brother Tom O'Connell quickly grabbed the life boy and threw it to the boy in the water, but he couldn't reach it. He was going under fast. Tom and my brother Anthony, who's a fantastic athlete and swimmer, then decided they were going in to rescue the boy. They both scaled down the high wall and Anthony got into the water and just managed to grab onto the boy as he passed by. The timing was perfect and he definitely saved the boy's life. The boy was traumatised but fine, thank God. They were not locals and didn't know how dangerous that stretch of beach was. He was one lucky boy and we are so proud of these three fantastic men. Hope you get to read this out. Uh, the O'Connell family in Pauladoff. Now, we spoke to Tom on the phone and he said that he was very glad that the boy was saved. He said it could have been a tragedy, but luckily they were there to prevent that from happening right place at the right time. He says he doesn't wish to have much recognition, but is happy for us to read the letter out. But really and truly, he just did what he did in the moment because it was the right thing to do. So to Tom and to Anthony O'Connell and indeed the entire O'Connell family in Pauladoff Road, thank you for getting in touch with me and sharing the story. Saving a life must be one of the greatest things that any human being can do.
back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Didn't get back to this yesterday, but telling you about the guy whose car, the CD player, was uh, stuck and the same song kept playing. You couldn't turn it off, couldn't turn the volume down, couldn't stop the song from playing. I was asking if you were trapped in a car, what song would you hate to have on repeat, repeat, repeat? Here's the selection. Brim full of Asha on the 45. Hate that song. And if I could get Dave, get it off uh, Dave Max playlist, I would. <laughs> Says somebody. Songs I can never turn off. Uh, well, my one would be, you know, this would be one stuck in the car and it would be your worst nightmare. Merkin, working my way back to you, be the Detroit Spinners, or Thorn in My Side by the Eurythmics, says Mags and Balavian. Thorn in My Side? One of the greatest songs ever by one of the greatest duos. And indeed, what can I say about any Lennox except genius? But you don't agree? All right. I agree with Mariah Carey. Somebody says, could you imagine having all I want for Christmas? Just paying on repeat constant. Wrecks my head. Bam, bad memories for me working in retail, listening to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Uh, I know, I feel the pain. Uh, on repeat in my car, can you imagine over and over again, Agadoo. I'd burn the car out. Anything by Sam Smith, so depressing. What about Adele? Depressing too, maybe? What about, whatever about songs that drive me crazy, the ad that does it for me is the Domino's pizza ads. It makes me want to throw something at the telly. Okay, off topic, but I'll take it on board. So songs that you would absolutely find nightmarish if you were stuck in the car with. Text 0868104106, there may be more to come. Meanwhile, as mentioned earlier on this morning um, about... Uh, Construction companies who want your gardens to be smaller. This is based on a report by Glenvey Properties, one of the largest home builders in the state. They're proposing that one way to get around our housing housing crises, and there are many of them, is to have smaller gardens and less of a gap between you and the three-bedroom semi that's built right next to you. Um, uh, I'd be worried about it. I really and truly would. I don't think it's a good idea. Smaller gardens, uh, you end up paying as much or probably more for the privilege of the house, even with the smaller garden. But they're suggesting that um, apparently a current standard garden is 60 square metres for a typical three-bedroom house. And they're suggesting to the government that that should be cut by law to 40 square metres. Uh, your thoughts, text 0868104106. And amongst them, Karen, good morning. Okay, what 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 did you make of this? Because I know you responded on on Facebook. So, what do you think of it? Is it a good idea? Uh, no, it, it's absurd, really. Um, it's a, an absurd plan, you know. Um, I just feel as somebody going home and shaking a magic eight ball at night and coming up with these, um, you know, preposterous ideas. Like, you know, how is a smaller garden, um, you know, going to build? social housing or houses, affordable houses, you know, what what is that? What has a smaller garden got to do with um, building houses, you know? Don't you need to um, actually, you know, apply for planning permission, first of all, you know? I mean, there's all these plans and all these ideas, but, like, build the bloody houses to begin with, you know? Um, Saying they could probably build more if there was less gaps between the semi-Ds and smaller gardens. They could build more. Well, that's... Okay, that's fair enough. But, like... But would they charge you less, though? I doubt it. 
probably not know, but like how does it still, you know, um, solve a housing crisis when we have, you know, so many different classes of people? For example, you have, say, how is a housing crisis going to um, help somebody who is homeless with addiction? How is a smaller garden going to help them, you know? Um, how is a smaller garden going to help people get more, their mortgages approved, you know? Like, you know, wh- wh- like what's going on, like, here, really? Um, just all the, you know... It's well, you have gardens that you couldn't swing a cat in, and they're small enough now anyway, by comparison to 20, 30, 40 years ago. Gardens used to be oh. very big. They're the, like the, the old-style garden from, say, let's go back to maybe 50 years ago, right? Yeah. That, that's the equivalent now to maybe four or five gardens today. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Now, my own garden at home, it's just an ideal size. You know, it's, it's not big or anything. And, you know, people need gardens. You know, it's their own personal space to enjoy. And people suffering, for example, with mental health, you know, to have that, you know, space and not feel claustrophobic, you know, elderly going out. You'd be very claustrophobic if they ended up building current standards of um, three-bedroom semis closer to each other as well. The gaps would be tighter. I totally agree. And, you know, you have so many different um, types of families and, you know, being that close in proximity with your neighbours and everything, you know, I mean you practically have your neighbours in on top of you, you know. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It, really. it makes um, no sense even on the, if you were rearing children, you need a big garden for the children to be oh, able to I totally agree, yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, we had, you know, a swing and a slide in the garden. I, I lived in the countryside growing up, you know, and, um, like, we enjoyed the garden. Yeah, and, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And we went out and, you know, we spent our time playing in the garden, um, you know, and if you're going to reduce the size of that or even take a garden away, I mean, you're confining people to within the four walls of their home. How is that healthy? And it's one step closer to almost ghettoization where you have too many people in on top of each other, too close to each other, not room to breathe, no privacy. That's exactly. v- we, we learned that that was a huge mistake, didn't we? Certainly in Cork, the way they built... Uh, public authority housing back in the day, you know, there were boxes and sure, boxes and boxes of them. Got a lot of texts on it, but appreciate your contribution, Karen. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, one here. How about a smaller government, Neil? Ireland has the highest number of active TDs per head of capita in Europe. Never mind your smaller gardens, a smaller government. What the hell does a super junior minister do anyway? Well, Glenvay Properties say that this would be a game changer that could solve Ireland's housing crisis. Smaller gardens build the houses closer together. Uh, create concrete jungles is not the solution, Zazimer. Did they learn nothing in the past from the ghettoization? oh, you're dead right, of large-density urban large-scale builds like Ballymun. There's feck-all difference between a tower block and what they're actually proposing. Uh, I live in Whitechurch, houses being sold up to €475,000 now with gardens you couldn't swing a cat in. Overbuilding in any green space these days, destroying villages and town. Everyone needs a house to live in with adequate space, including outdoors. 
but build it in spaces that can cope with it and where it fits in instead of all of this greed, says Maria. She says 475,000 for a house in Whitechurch where you couldn't swing a cat in the garden. Uh, this is another example, Neil, of shrinkflation. Pay more, get less. It started with packets of crisps and bars of chocolate. Now the greedy developers want to get more houses on the same piece of land. That's all it is. The banks want to take more money, uh, more of our money, and give us less services. Let me tell you, if we can keep tolerating this, your children will be next, says Paul. Don't fool yourself, says Susan. Smaller gardens equal larger profits for developers because they can squeeze more houses into estates. Might as well be living in an apartment. You would be so close to your neighbours. Don't you just get sick of their greed, says Susan. Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Oh, this is lovely. The romantic in him. He's getting married today, I believe. Brian, good morning. How are we getting on, Neil? Brian Relahan, is it today you're getting married or what? Today I'm signing my life away, boy. <laughs> what time? 12 o'clock. Mother of God, that's only in an hour and 20 minutes' time. I know what time I tell you, no, my legs are shaking, Neil. Right, have you the, have you the suit on? I've been on and on, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and is Sarah all dressed up on the Guna and everything? I don't know, I didn't see her. <laughs> you're not supposed to see her at Burnley, it's bad luck, isn't it? Uh, everything's bad luck these days, Neil. Oh, come here, what? Are you getting married in the church? No, registry office, Neil. Okay. Easy, oh. Uh, all right. And afterwards, where's the party? Well, I'm doing a bit of a party out of Mac Arden with a gazebo the whole lot. All right. Now, you are getting married today, but the romantic in you, you wrote a song for her, is it? Uh, I sure did, boy. I sure did. Okay. And does she know that you wrote a song? Is she listening? Oh, she's listening. I think she's listening anyway. I hope she is. I'm going to try and get her on the air here in a second now. Anyway, what's the backstory to this? You wrote her a rap song, a rap love song, is it? I have, yeah. I've been rapping a long time now, Neil. I just got back into it the last year. Brian Relihan, ladies and gentlemen, is a.k.a. Ripper. Okay, all right. And you want me to play it um, as to profess your undying love for her on the morning that you marry her. Is that it? Please, Neil, if you don't mind. I'm taking an awful gamble here, man, because I haven't heard this before. What if it's shocking and everybody turns oh. it off? Oh, God, I, I hope not, Neil. <laughs> will she be mortified if I do this, though? Ah, she will. She'll be delighted. <laughs> Deep down, she'll be delighted. All right, so tell me about the song, then. Go on, tell me about it. Yeah, it, it, the song's called Wake Up Day. Basically, I don't want to wake up without her. Wake Up Dead doesn't sound very romantic to me. Oh, no, you'll, you'll understand it when you hear it. Okay. Do you want to intro it with the words of love? I just, I just find it, if she's listening, I just can't wait to see her. I can't wait to marry her. And we're going to have a great time and a great life together, hopefully. He loves you, Sarah. Don't go anywhere. Let's have a listen to and, Wake and for Up. for the four kids as well. Oh, I forgot about Hayley and Ava and Mackenzie and Katie Anna. You've all the hard work done before you got married. Fair play to you. And, and, uh, and we were together 13 years on Wednesday. You took your time getting hitched, didn't you? I tell you. <laughs> Hang on a second now. I'm going out on a limb here. Sarah, this is for you. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. T-Pain. Ooh, no. Ripper It's 
the remix. Yeah. Some nights I lay and watch you sleep, sleep, hoping that you're never gonna leave. Uh, leave. You're the reason of the air that I breathe. Couldn't face that. What's a king without his queen? Huh. Living my best life, got you on my arm. So blessed you fell for this devilish charm. <laughs> It's the little things that mean the world to you, literally. Uh, you know I die for you. No matter what, you know I write for you. Blessing in disguise, I owe my life to you. The harder it gets, I'll always fight for you. Unique values, nobody's like you. If I could, I'd take a star up the sky for you. Ride or die, see where it takes us, Bonnie and Clyde. 'Cause I don't, I don't wanna, wanna wake, wake up. Wake 'em dead, wake 'em dead, wake 'em dead. I wanna wake 'em dead, wake 'em dead, no. 'Cause I don't wanna wake 'em dead. I don't wanna turn to missing, but I can't get you out of my head. Maybe I just needed you to listen. I don't wanna wake 'em dead. Been through so much, but still going strong. People tried to break us, but we came through it all. Stand tall, let's show our middle finger to 'em. If they're standing on our way, we gon' blow right through 'em. See, I don't ever wanna lose you. Don't ever let my heart knock out to fool you. I need you. You're the blood in my veins, my lungs breathe for you. Oh, uh, you're my world, my everything. Hand in hand, can't think of a better way. Sarah, we got better days ahead. Us and our girls, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know I die for you. No matter what, you know I ride for you, ride or die. See where it takes us, Bonnie and Clyde. 'Cause I don't wanna wake up there, wake up there, wake up there. I don't wanna wake up there, wake up there, nah. I don't wanna wake up there. I don't wanna turn up missing, but I can't get you out of my head. Maybe I just needed you to listen. I don't wanna wake up there. Got me losing my breath. Yeah. She's my grim reaper. I'm in love with this. It's only been 24 hours. I should probably go and give me some rest. 'Cause my heart's been flipped all backwards. My heart's been flipped all backwards, backwards. What the fuck? Hey, what's up? Why you do me that way? Staying in this bed 'cause I don't wanna wake up there, wake up there, wake up there. I don't wanna wake up there, wake up there, nah. I don't wanna wake up there. I don't wanna turn up missing, but I can't get you out of my head. Maybe I just needed you to listen. I don't wanna wake up there. 
have to say. I've got tears in my eyes. Very rarely happens to me, to be honest. That's got to be the most, most romantic thing that I've heard in a long, long time. Sarah. Hello. Isn't that incredible? Somebody would write a song like that for you. How do you feel? Uh, do you know what? Now I'm up in a heap and my friend is trying to tie my anklet on my, on my leg. Never mind the bloody anklet. Your leg is fine with that. What do you think of the rap song? I love it, Neil. Oh my I God. It. It's incredible. That I know. Ripper. What's happening, Neil? That's a class piece of work, pal. I try, Neil, I try. What? Do you produce all of that? Did you do all of the backing tracks the lot? I, I, put, it, I put the drums and the kicks into it. The backing track, the, guitar, the guitars were in it. It's a kind of a remix of a song already, do you get me? Have a listen to this, right? That song is the sweetest thing, somebody says. What a romantic thing to do. I'm getting married in two weeks, and if my fella doesn't do something like that, I will reconsider. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, you're mortified or are you delighted? I, I know, do you know what? No, I I'll tell you another thing, no, Neil. Now you're interrupting the woman. Stay quiet a while, Sarah. Do you know what, what? I, just, I can't go, please. I swear to God at this stage. I put nothing past him, but he didn't think he was going to do that. Oh, it's the most beautiful thing to do. It's a cracking song. It's just unbelievable. Are you excited that, for Neil, the day ahead? Neil, that's not the half of him with him being honest. There's um, more? Do you know what? No, I can't. Oh, there's, there's, they're all online. <laughs> Is he constantly writing songs? He must be absolutely infatuated with you for all you the know right what? reasons. No. <laughs> that's not the first song, but that's my favourite. Oh, my. Where did you meet, Sarah? Oh, you met him. In, if you're going to laugh, do you remember the date? No, this is going back years ago when the, when the city hall caught up on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That was in, was that was actually, in 1922. <laughs> he was um, he was performing um, there with a, a group that he was with. And um, <laughs> I got away from him for nearly a year and a bit. <laughs> and he tracked me down. <laughs> and so you met him at a gig then? Well, I was only a teenager, just go for me. <laughs> so today's your big day. Wow. Oh, do you know, <laughs> it's crazy. And the house then, you'll have the party with family and friends, is it? You, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah. Do you know what now? I don't know. Like my father, now he's very good to me. And um, like he's actually giving me away today. Mikey. So, yeah, Mikey. Do you know why? You get no one like him, I'll be quite honest. Oh my no God. One. It's just incredible because you've got great weather for it as well. It's not going to rain perfect. or anything. It's going to be... perfect. Uh, and that's all I was terrified of, just in case it did actually rain. And um, do you know what now? We put a gazebo and everything out the back, so... I mean, there's, like, there's, to be fair, no, he's after doing it on Reed, to be honest. Uh, in fairness to him. Here, another few texts for you there, Ripper. Absolutely brilliant. That's so yeah. lovely. Shivers down my spine. Sure, God love him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to kill him when I see him. Don't kill him. Give him a big hug and a no, kiss. That's I a, can't wait. That's an incredible profession of love, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> best wishes in you ha- for you happily ever after. That song was so sweet. Very thoughtful. Another one. Brilliant tune, Neil. Fair play to him. It could be a hit, you know. Good luck to the two of them. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Do you want to jump back in there, my friend? I'll tell you one thing, no need. She's your biggest fan. She's starstruck now at the moment. Boy, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to If it's not on Neil Prenderville, it's not true. <laughs> if it's what? If it's not on Neil Prenderville, then it's not true. Well, it is true. You are getting married and he did write a oh, cracking you? song for you. It's your day. It's f- I'm actually, I'm skipping. I'm cut, Matt. 
Who's shouting who's shout in the background? Is that Haley, Ava, Mackenzie, oh, Katie? They're with me. They're all with me. All right. <laughs> she needs a bit of quiet time. There's a lot of preparation goes into getting married. Oh, yeah, I tell you what, no need. I've been laughed out on a minute. <laughs> all you need is a, pe- a clean jocks and socks and away you go. And a bit of hair gel, mean. And a bit of hair gel, too. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to the two of you. I'm delighted. And I'm glad this happened this morning because I'm the better fit and I hope everybody else as well. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much, Neil. Like skating and Look, have a great day, Sarah. You so deserve it. You sound as if you're the perfect couple. With four Neil, perfect thanks very much. Have a wonderful thanks day. Fair much. play, Brian. Nice chatting with you. Thanks for yeah, the yeah, tune. Thanks very much. Good luck. <laughs> I just feel like playing it again. It's that good. We should playlist that. It's very good. It's very good. I don't want to wake up dead by Ripper. What a day for them. Have a great day, guys. You deserve it. And the weather's on your side. And the whole of Cork as well. Text 0868104106. Ripper's onto a winner. Another one. That song was brilliant. It brought a tear to my eye. What a romantic man. That lucky couple have the weather on their side too, says Linda in Douglas. Brilliant tune, Neil. Fair juice to him. It could be a hit. Good luck to them both. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Remember, there might be a Westlife song between now and midday today. Hello, my love. And if there is, then you need to text Live My Best Life with Westlife. Text it to 0868104106 and wait by your phone. All right, for Westlife tickets for the gig tomorrow week. Meanwhile, we have family passes, of course, for more wonderful Cork tourist attractions to give away this side of midday. Can I do another bunch of shout-outs, please? Free food Friday morning to everybody at Ballancolic Credit Union and Ballancolic, to Irwin's Pharmacy and Shannon Street who are listening. Brothers of Charity Day Services are listening. Keto Products would also love some roosters at the Brow Factory in Douglas. Uh, cheer them up. One of the girls is leaving. It would be a great send-off. Northside Tires in the Old Mallow Road. Bridgewater Homes in Rathcormack. Blockwall Developments in Kerry Pike would love to be fed today. Alton and International Moving and Storage are listening in ovens. Everybody at Oliver Hayes Gardening Services in Bandon. The Cardiology Cath Labs in the CUH. West Cork Animal Welfare Group in Clonakilty. Uh, Audi on the Bandon Road and everybody at Boston Scientific. Tusla at St. Finbar's Hospital are listening. Power Aggregates in Carrick Tool. Rockwell, Rockwell Engineering in Claheen. Stanta in Blackpool. The Eye Clinic in the CUH. KGW Motors in Middleton. To all in the Home Support Office in the Balafihan Health Centre. Clona Dairy Products in Wilton Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney Morning to you all Deer Mount Construction working up in Spring Lane, Blackpool Sodexo Irvine Oil in Whitegate in fact the Whitegate Oil Refinery staff are working and listening and eating in the canteen as well actually it's the canteen department at Whitegate Oil Refinery Refinery. Morning to Lorraine Uh, Catalyst Health and Fitness in Carrigaline and we'll do another bunch of shout outs around about 20 past 11 this morning so you have half an hour now to text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 Meanwhile, the texts on different topics are coming in thick and fast every single day. Mentioned earlier on this morning uh, that apparently on property websites now, Jacobs Island is listed listed on property websites as being in Mahan. The reason for that is apparently Google Maps has has said that it's a man. I saw the Google car going down the Douglas Road. Did you ever see it? You've seen it? It's like a regular car and up on top of it, it has this, uh, it's a 360 camera sticking up on the roof. You can't miss it. And it literally is videoing and filming everything around it in 360. And that's how they make Google Maps, right? Yeah, um, they have this car that, uh, as you say, it's just a big camera on top. But I love the big circular disc. Have you ever seen the Google Map fails? 
No. Or somebody's caught in the middle of doing something, no. or the fella that's locked out naked outside of his house no. is the Google car fastest. Oh, there's so many you, of these. Was Sorry, go on. That was you, was yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> that was me in Mahan or Blackrock. I can't yeah. imagine which. <laughs> but uh, no, there's, uh, there's a whole list of... I'm going to try and get some free there as we're, as we're chatting along So with here are us. the ones, right? Um, I was asking, are there any other places? Because I was reminded of the debacle in the in around about 2016 between Wilton and residents and Toker residents. People who were... Uh, thought they were living in Wilton and were being told they were actually living in Toker. No disrespect to either or the other. Jacob's Island is in Mahan on the estuary, says Noreen in Black Rock. And she should know, she says. Another one. I remember in school being told to use your address wisely in an interview. I was from Mount Farron and I was told do not put Blackpool on your address for a job. You're too young to remember those days, are you? Yeah. Where people on the north side were using south side addresses. <laughs> Seriously, this is not a joke. <laughs> this is I remember that the next time somebody tries to tell me so in the north side is better than the south well, side. Well, actually. back in the day, y'all tried to take our addresses, so <laughs> forget about it. No, it was very sad and it was very wrong, yeah. but it did influence job applications. Really? Oh, I'm not joking. And we've had texts here from people saying, be careful about your job application. He's, Frank here, I think he said he was, uh, he said he's from Blackpool, but he didn't tell him he was from Blackpool in the job, job, job interview. That's just wrong, isn't it? It was wrong and I don't think it should have been tolerated then and if it's still going on it shouldn't be tolerated now mm. the best I've seen is Castle Meadows it's right in the heart of Mahan but Coleman's the builders when they sold them 20 years ago put down Scahard Road it's next to the graveyard on the main road but people living in there get very bad if you say it's Mahan it's literally in the heart of Mahan <laughs> the Scahard Road is a big it's, it's, a, it's a big cause of controversy well in, in, my, in my day Scahard Road ended at Super Value yeah but no, it, it, goes it extends on. all the way on into the CEO and all the way down into the into the, what I would consider the heart of Manton yeah, another yeah. one or two for you I know people who live in Passage West but like to say that they're from Lower Rochestown Road <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, uh, another one here. Um, Jacob's Island is in Mahan, just on the other side of Blackrock Castle, says Alex. Uh, yeah. I would say Ballinour, but nobody else seems to agree with him. That I had a house in Ballincollig and I tried to sell it in 1984. It was for sale for three years. Not sure what the price was, but it'd be about 400000 now. Anyway, it was a big no-no back in the day in 1984 to live in Ballincollig. But look at it now. I'd say it wouldn't last five minutes on the market. You're absolutely right. Balancholic has been a huge testament to success and change. Jacob's Island, having a clue where it is, but it sounds like a lovely address. Very posh. Do you know what would be very posh now, Neil, would be uh, Laura Hadda. You could tell everybody you're from L.A. <laughs> I love what every season. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. I don't know about the upper ahead of people. Would they be the UAE? <laughs> That's not what we have to deal with on a daily basis, really, isn't it? <laughs> stuff comes out of his head. I wouldn't change him for a bit, though. Thank you for that. Give me more examples, then, guys, of addresses um, and stories like that as to where you come from and where you want to come from and the address that you have. This all started back in the. 2016 with um, putting up new road signs. Welcome to Toker, and people got up one morning saying Toker. Toker, I live in Toker. I live in I live in um in Bishopstown. I live in Wilton. Sorry, I should say. I live in Wilton. <laughs> Actually, text on that. Text 0868104106. And just this side of 11, if I got time. Emma, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for holding. I, I might run out of time, but go for it anyway. What happened in y'all on Sunday? Um, it was just that um, uh, I, uh, I was there with um, my daughter and her friend, and I had the baby with me. And they were fully dressed in their clothes and they weren't intending on swimming at all. They were just paddling. 
and um, I was kind of watching the baby and kind of every so often looking up at them and they were just kind of knee deep in the water but all of a sudden then um, I was playing with the baby and I heard them screaming and their version of events was that they were like in the water was at their kind of chest but all of a sudden the sand disappeared from underneath them and um, they were kind of swept into like a no swim zone, you know, oh um, opposite the uh, Water Rally Hotel. You know, there's that little tiny beach there. That's exactly uh, where I was talking about a little while ago, where one of the O'Connell family yeah. saved a lad from drowning. Literally saved that, him. He was going I, under. I think that was my little friend's boy. I think that we're talking about. Um, he so. The, the family came over from the Water Valley Hotel. The O'Connells came over? Um, well, I don't know who, yeah. who it was that came over, but um, we were, like, I had the baby, so I couldn't go into the water to save them because they got kind of caught in this, like, riptide thing. Oh and, and they just kept going under and under the water. So all I could do was scream for help because I could—I mean, I couldn't go in with the baby. It was I didn't know what to do. I was just sat in like a panic, and thankfully I have a very loud voice. And Here's that part of their letter. That at the time, there was no one around apart from a lady with a young baby on the beach. That That's was you. Me. Yeah. That and was a boy me. and a girl wading in the water further out. That's right. So that was my my daughter and her friends. Um, so my daughter can swim, but the little boy couldn't swim. Um, so my daughter did get out first, but it's kind of like on like um sort of like a corner. So I couldn't see her little friend that I was minding. So of course I was hysterical on the beach, like saying, "Where's Kian? Where's Kian?" But um, thankfully, this family came over from the Water Valley. There was about six or seven of them, and they got them out of the water. But they also threw the life—is it called the life boy? The the, the ring thing. A life boy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they threw that into the water. But, but Kian couldn't reach it. Yeah, that's right. And then so uh, my daughter said at that point she thought she was dead because like, if, the, if the ring couldn't save her, she thought she was gone. And, of course, I was hysterical, so she thought that she was in big trouble because, as in, like, trouble to get out the water um, because I was so hysterical. Um, but that's because I, I just... Like, it all happened so fast. And although there is a flag there, I think people should know how the, the sand all of a sudden goes because they weren't intending on swimming. I know. They they may, uh, I they, don't know that the sand gave way, but they probably walked or they probably slipped off a ledge and it just dropped drastically. That's what happened. The yeah. sand didn't give way. It was could like, you see... No could there. you Could you see... I know your the, your daughter got out, but Kian was really in big trouble. Could you see that? He, no, I see that was what made it even worse. So, well, like, they both... They both were in big trouble, it, both of them equally, but because my daughter could swim, she was holding her head up a little bit more. So I could, like, it was literally at the corner, I could only see, like, my daughter, and I lost sight of him. So oh, my, he I, was my going daughter, under, Emma. I know I shouldn't be saying that to you. Like, but it was absolutely, like, horrendous. Like, I have never witnessed anything like it before in my life. Um, like, I, I, <laughs> I just felt like, I felt so bad because I couldn't go in and I just didn't know what to do. I just so was helpless. Filled with yeah. Like, yeah, because you see, like, if there was somebody else there, I could have given them the baby and I would have gone straight in that water. 
But like with the eleven months old in one arm, I was just so like. Tied did you hear me? Did you hear me read out the letter from the O'Connell family and Paula Duff Road? I didn't. I missed that. But people rang me to say that it was on the radio, so I'd love to hear that letter. Okay, um, just just hold on there if you can. I'm a little over time now, but I want to pick up the conversation and finish with it properly just after eleven. Is that okay? Yeah, no worries. Marvellous. Put the kettle on. Be back to about eight minutes past 11. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Okay, so Emma, were you down there on holidays? Are you from the area, no? Um, well, I'm actually from Watercross Hill, um, but so I'm not like from the area. We just um, went up for um, it was just a sunny afternoon, and we said we'd pop up for half an hour okay. to the beach. Okay, so the O'Connell said to me, and this is a shortened version of it, uh, commending the bravery of three brilliant men who saved a young boy from drowning last Sunday evening in Yall. They'd been for a family meal in the Walter Rally. Uh, one of the family members was home from Germany on holidays. They had to get together. After the meal, around about six o'clock, they took a stroll across the road, walked on the pier overlooking the stretch of beach. There was no one around at all, apart from you, from a lady with a young baby on the beach and a boy and a girl wading further out in the water. Now, um, what happened afterwards is that uh, one of them was watching the, the children and saw that one of them was in trouble and he started running and shouting that the boy was in trouble. Uh, and they all came over and had a look over the high wall and saw the boy struggling and going under the water. I don't mean to upset you now, Emma, right? Uh, he, got yeah. cu- he was caught in a rip current uh, and we later learned that he couldn't swim. Uh, he was only paddling, so in all fairness, you'd think he'd be able to paddle if he couldn't swim anyway. But he got caught, you know, the, the ground from under him, as you said. And before you knew it, he was struggling in the water. Um, so, uh, Tom when O'Connell... He he what? When, when we say he couldn't swim, like, he, I, I mean, I take him swimming regularly in a swimming pool. You see, I think he couldn't swim with the when he went under and the waves and the riptide. Ah, uh, okay. Like, anyway, Tom no, O'Connell, Tom O'Connell grabbed a life boy and threw it to him, but the boy couldn't reach it. He was going under fast. So Tom and my brother Anthony, another O'Connell, um, decided they were going in to rescue him. They scaled down the wall and Anthony got into the water and grabbed the boy as he passed in the rip current. The timing was perfect and he saved the boy's life. The boy was traumatized, but fine. They weren't local and perhaps didn't know how dangerous that stretch of beach was. He was one lucky boy and we are so proud of these three fantastic men. And I got that letter, a lovely card written to me by the O'Connell family in Paladoff Road. And they were talking about you yeah, and, and your family. so much for them. Like, they totally um, set, rescued both children. Not well, the girl got out herself, but, like, it still was... Um, with thanks to them for um, being there helping because um, I was absolutely hysterical. So they even were like, uh, you know, telling me, because I couldn't see the boy. Kian, uh, the little boy was like around, like he'd got pulled around the side. I know, of you were blind to him, I know, I know, I know. I know. So, um, All I can tell you, I Emma, know. is that he's one lucky lad and you're one lucky adult. Or parent, because uh, oh, he was he was gone, yeah. unfortunately. Apart from the without the intervention of the O'Connell boys, he was gone. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I just think, um, look, if anything learned from it, I just think, um, um, you know, to be more vigilant, looking for flags and things like that. I didn't even 
for a second think that they intended to go. No, there's no the blame. There's no blame nor intent here. It's just one of those things no. that happen. But with oh, the intervention, we're just so grateful to those people. And I know his mom is um, extremely grateful. Absolutely, as well. and pass on our friends. thoughts and best wishes to the rest of the family. So that's amazing. Glad to have an opportunity to catch up with you. Um, and uh, and a big thank you to the O'Connells, right? Definitely. I have the two kids here. Uh, they also would like to say a big thank you to them um, because um, like, they really wouldn't have got out the water without their help. So they really appreciate it. Okay, so on their behalf as well. Have a lovely yeah. weekend. Mind yourselves. Uh, take care. And thanks for picking up the phone, Emma, all right? No worries. Thank you so much. It's a happy story and it could have been an awful lot different on a Monday morning. Just gone, talking about another drowning. Thankfully, the O'Connell's averted it. Lines open, text 0868104106. Calls on the way after the break. Uh, I want to talk to Ian Ryan. He's been making the news a lot these days. He's got a couple of uh, cracking Instagram accounts. He goes around he goes around London looking for bad pints of Guinness. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. And just quickly, a big shout out to 13-year-old Lauren Crinion. All the best for the weekend, Lauren. She's representing Ireland at the IBA World Boxing Championships in Istanbul. She already has three major titles. Uh, the next Katie Taylor lads is 13-year-old Lauren Crinion. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it and best of luck. Bring home the gold if you can. Uh, that's our, our representing Ireland at the IBA World Boxing Championships in Istanbul. Well done, Lauren. Best of luck. Talking about people boxing and boxing above their weight overseas. Ian Ryan is a cork man who's got an Instagram page with hundreds of thousands following him uh, and he shares photographs and other people do as well of London's worst pints of stout indeed um, it's called uh, SHIT London Guinness he joins me by phone Ian good morning Neil how are you good just a couple of things I'll come back to um, the uh, hot chicken roll in a minute right I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm live on radio so I can't say the word SHIT you can get away with that on Instagram right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did all that start? Um, so yeah, living there, living over about four years, um, and kind of noticed that the quality of Guinness was a bit lacking. Um, and I kind of started a uh, thread on my own Twitter, just uh, posting pictures of, of bad points. Lacking. And, uh, I've seen the photographs of some of the points that have been pulled. They're shocking. Yeah, no, they're disgraceful. That's kind of like the whole. That's probably the reason why it's so. So big, really. Oh, <laughs> my God. So absolute shockers coming out of there. Like, so have they, do they get any training at all in how to pull a pint of stout? Good God. It, yeah, I think, I think like, uh, you know, historically, it's not the most popular drink um, in the UK, Guinness. Like, so it doesn't get, I guess, as much uh, love and attention as it might get um, over in Ireland. Like, but in fairness, <laughs> like, if, if, a, if, a, if a pub gets tagged, so I kind of like, when I post a bad point, I, uh, you know, you tag the pub or whatever. But then in fairness, like Guinness go in, and kind of give them a bit of training and that sort of thing. So. <laughs> kind of undercover for Guinness, are you? Uh, not, not really. Like, but uh, a small bit. <laughs> I've seen the, pho- I've seen the photographs. Do you? They're disgusting. Some of them. Some of them have no head at all. Others have like a yeah. three-inch head. More than are full of these disgusting thousands of tiny bubbles. And do you know those pints of, of stout where the inside of the gra- glass has all of this f- kind of frosting or fog in it? What's, like, are they dirty glasses or what? Yeah, they're dirty glasses. It's just like, it's if they put them in with the, you know, if you're washing the glasses in the same uh, machine as the, you know, the soup bowls, like that's, that's what that is, like it's a lot. 
you're probably paying like the equivalent of about seven euro, seven euro fifty for it as well. Like, there's some of them have almost brown heads on them. Not we're not creamy white. How does that happen? Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, like it's uh, yeah, it could be something with the, the lines or whatever. But yeah, there's there's a lot. There's plenty of ways it could go wrong. <laughs> Which is why you think it's hard to keep it uh, hard to keep it perfect. Like, um, who serves Guinness or Stout in Stella Artois beer glasses? Criminals. Criminals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who serves a pint where half of it is down the outside of the glass, soaking in stout, with a big drip? Yeah. Around, you know, the big drip marks down on the on the table. Then it's, it's no yeah. en- no it's, enjoyment. It's grim stuff. It is grim stuff. It really. Do you? When they're that bad, do you actually drink them? Uh, like there's a there's a level there's a certain level of acceptance. Like over here, you kind of like, I'd say the points that I drink in Cork, or the points that I drink, I might end up drinking over here sometimes. You would never like they wouldn't pass the bar in, in Cork. You're not gonna write, but like, yeah, like there's a certain like if the glass is dirty, I won't drink it. But you know, sometimes it's not worth. You know, it, it depends on your personality. Like I'm not the kind of person who will go up and be like. Nah, this is rotten. Give it back, but you know it depends. Depends who's getting them. So, so how many people are giving back shock and points of Guinness? Do you think and saying no? I mean, do many people just suffer in silence and drink that kind of stuff? Like, they say a huge I, I head. Think so, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's it's like there's there's definitely a level where you like you know there's a level where you can go like oh this is a bit a bit much head. <laughs> what I'm is like, that? Oh, yeah, I'll drink this. But then you know yeah I guess. I, I'm not sure. You're honest, not like, getting value uh, for money with its two inches ahead, like. Yeah, you're basically paying for a half point, like. And do they? Do many people still just pull it, not let it settle, just pull it and serve it? Oh yeah, yeah. You see, you'd see that right uh, over here, um, especially if the pub is busy, and you're just kind of watching, and a little tear will fall down your eye. <laughs> you see them pull the point in one go, like. Because <laughs> there is a ritual to pulling it as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can hardly yeah. criticise them because you might get barred. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that, that could be an outcome. Yeah, you haven't been barred by any of the pubs, no? Uh, not that I'm aware of, anyway. I, I also hear that you attracted quite an amount of celebrity interest, including, just to name a couple, Niall Horan and Jamie Dornan. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they've, been, uh, they've been good to me now. Uh, Jamie gave me a shout-out on the <laughs> Graham Norton New Year's show there. Year and a half ago. Um, oh, man. Okay, man. Do you have any other Instagram? Like, for I think you have one called Beautiful Pints. Have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so I have the Bad Guinness one. I won't say the name. And S H I T London Guinness. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Beautiful Pints, which is sort of like the you know the posit- the nice and positive one where it's all uh, photos and nice my pints. Oh, around, I uh, see a beautiful picture there. Just, just can I just chat about? Do you know the pint of stout that you drink and when you're finished it, you can see the ring of the head yeah. from every time you took a slug all the way down the glass. Is that the perfect, uh, that's the perfect pint? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what you want to see after every, every pint uh, that you drink really. Like, um, but sadly, it's not, not something you often see over here, only in the best pubs. Okay, so in London, can you get Murphy? Can you get Beamish? No, no Beamish, and that is the quest of many, uh, many a Cork man <laughs> over in London. And everyone, whenever, whenever, whenever a Cork fellow moves over, I always get a message going like, "Where can I find Beamish?" And I have to give him the bad news. Uh, so, no Beamish. I think there's a few places right that do Murphys, but I wouldn't, 
I don't know. I've had a couple of Murphys right now in like places like Edinburgh, and they're not they're not coming out great. You'd avoid. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, your typical Cork sites are not not around, sadly. Where's the best pub in London? Then have you found? Uh, the Guinea Grill is um, the Guinea Grill is in in Mayfair. Um, a called uh, Oshin behind the bar. Uh, running, he was running the place. He just left, but Derek Guinness is definitely the best. But it's pricey enough. Um, what would you pay on average for a pint of stout in London? It's gone a bit mad. Like, I think anywhere between, like, in your kind of closer to the city pubs, maybe like five pound fifty, six pound, um, and then maybe like somewhere slightly out of the city, maybe like five twenty. But you know, it varies. Like, but yeah, it's getting more expensive. I think as the months go on. Okay, so the Guinea, as in Guinea, as in currency, money. The Guinea yeah. Grill in Mayfair gets you gives yeah. you you give that the nod for the best pint of stout in London. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Part two. Um, coming home to Cork yeah. recently, you put together a checklist for a visit home, right? Yes. And these are the things that you must have when you come home, right? Beamish, a potato pie, a run down the marina. Wonder where all the emos are gone. Harry Speedo's kebab, a bottle of Stonewell, um, Brogue. Not quite sure. Is that a pub or shoes or what? The Brogue. Okay, the, the Brogue. Brogue. Okay, garlic cheese chips, Chieftain. Um, stand and judge the people outside Weatherspoons, and a hot chicken roll from Centra. Uh, that's your bucket list when you come home to Cork, is it? Yeah, it was just gonna. Yeah, off the top of my head, when I was. Um the day before I was going home, I was like, what am I going to do uh, for my week back? And those are kind of all of the... the um, is Harry Speedo's kebab a must, is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, um, yeah, over the... It's kind of the spot that me and lads used to always go to um, <laughs> when we were, you know, when we were all in, in college and stuff. Um, so it's more of a nostalgia, nostalgia visit rather than the... So where is iconic. Harry Speedo's? <laughs> you know Speedo's next to um, next to Hillbillies um, by Peacework um, it's a kebab shop but it's not actually called Harry Speedo's now but it, it's called so it's called Speedo's but we just always described it as Harry they're on Toki um, Street are they? yeah alright yeah. okay the rest of it I can follow okay so when you put that up then um, you got offered a hot chicken roll from Centra did you? yes yes <laughs> from the Centra from, uh, on uh Oliver Plunkett Street in the Grand Parade, is it? Or Patrick Street, yeah, yeah, which yeah. one? Um, you know, it's so, you're, you're, the following ones, is, his name's Kevin Hurley. He has a few of them around town. I'm not quite sure which ones are his. Um, but, yeah, he, he sent me a message and he was like, do you know, if you want, um, you know, I saw do you want a chicken roll, if you want to come and call up and uh, get a roll, um, you know, call into the, I'll meet you inside in the, the Grand Parade one, uh, which was always, that's the, that's the centre I, I go to anyway, <laughs> historically, like, so I was, I was delighted. It was, a, it was a great message to get. <laughs> so so you, you haven't picked up on his offer yet, no? Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, you've I been did. and everything. Yeah, yeah. I went, I went yesterday before I, uh, before I got the plane back. Okay, because what he did say was uh, call in with your mates. Like, what would stop you bringing twenty mates? Yeah, that's what the lads were saying. Right? <laughs> they were saying that we, they were saying that we can make a big event out of it. Like. <laughs> Bring in about 40 lads. And <laughs> lot, you could just say, sorry, I have a lot of friends. I couldn't leave anybody <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, there, there, was, there was a few people got the nod, right? But I said I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't ruin his, his kind offer. Okay, so what makes a good chicken roll? Because yours isn't a straightforward one. Uh, is it not? 
No, it's spicy chicken, butter, yeah. mayo, red cheese, red onion, lettuce, and stuffing. That's like a Christmas yeah. dinner, man. I, I said a little bit of stuffing. Right? <laughs> a small little bit. The, you know, the emphasis on the little, and you're laughing. <laughs> I knew, I, you know, I got, I got that, I got someone <laughs> replies asking me what my uh, chicken roll uh, was, and I was like, I shouldn't even put this out there because I've never seen anyone, I've never seen anyone get like accepted for a chicken roll uh, order. There's always something wrong with it. You know, I? <laughs> I just don't know how you can get all of that into a standard roll. Oh, they're well able to get it in. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, you did the, you did the business and you enjoyed it. Now you're back in the metropolis, are you? Yeah. Back, back in, uh, back in busy place now. Uh, what do you do? Do you mind me asking? Besides going around monitoring SHIT points again us. No, I I, uh, I work for um, I work for a charity o- over here. Um, I worked I worked in the kind of video games industry for the last few years, but I do um, kind of video like partnerships with video game companies and stuff for the charity. Living the dream. Uh, all good. Yeah. Living the dream and missing. Where did you get your potato pie when you came home? Uh, Denny's in Ballantemple. Oh, good spot. Chalk it Great down. Spot. Did you get to the yeah, brogue for a bottle of Stonewall or a bottle of Chieftain? No, I actually, I actually didn't go into the brogue at all. I, um, my, my little sister informed me that I'm actually uh, too old now to go to the brogue. I didn't realise. <laughs> and did you mooch around Weatherspoons looking at the heads going in and out? I, I, I walked by, right, and I gave, I gave an old bit of an old scowling look as I, uh, as I, as I passed by <laughs> to show my disapproval. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great weekend in London town. Great to chat with the Ian. Right, Good to chat to you. Good to you. Ian Ryan has SHIT London Guinness. He also has a sister, um, a sister site, another account called At Beautiful Pints. I was very interested in that, but I was really interested in his Cork checklist. What do Corkonians uh, long for? When they're overseas, well, that's Ian's list. Back after the break, text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818104106. Can I just uh, stay with food for a little while, uh, moving away from the uh, chicken roll? Well done to Harley East Centre. That was a great thing to do, and I enjoyed my chat with Ian. I hope you did too. Corkonians overseas. But we really are the food capital. We're the culinary capital. I think we really also have an awful lot of other accolades that we should be singing from the rafters an awful lot more but just staying with food I was reading there during the week that across the summer um, the country's top food trucks apparently went head to head in a big culinary competition in search of the chef who could handle the heat and create the best eating experiences and I think they eventually whittled it down uh, to something like the country's top six food trucks going head to head. And it's a great cork story that originates in India and works its way all the way over here in the shape of Chris Braganza, um, who's got the spice genie. And he joins me by phone. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, so what was so so well done anyway. Congratulations. So a great, a great accolade and a wonderful win. Were you surprised? Uh, not surprised. I was prepared for it, but it was a beautiful way of winning it in Dublin, in Wicklow. You know, up against the best food trucks, yeah. especially representing Cork yeah. in Goa, where I come from. Yeah. So your really backstory is: when did you when did you come here? I came in 2012. My brother is a nurse here, and he invited me um, to 
work here. You know? right. So from 2012, it's almost 10 years now. Oh my God, Goa is the most beautiful island. It's supposed to be absolutely stunning. Sorry. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. It's paradise. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. A place I've always wanted to go. So you came here. Did you have any? Did you have any prospects here? I mean, were you were you trained as a chef in India or what? Uh, yes, I've done my hotel management in India, a three-year degree, and then I joined the pastry uh, in the hotel. But after my hotel experience as a pastry chef, I joined the cruise lines for four years. But the only reason why I came to Ireland was for refereeing because uh, refereeing is uh, my first love. Mm, and that's why my brother told me there's better prospects here. So I Did you say refereeing? Yeah, I'm a referee in the League of Ireland panel. I never... But I'm still waiting for my opportunity. I'm still waiting and I'll keep waiting. So you're a soccer... Are you a soccer ref? Is that your passion? Yes, yes. Soccer ref, that's my my first love. Wow. Uh, From childhood. That's my only dream. Cooking was never a dream. Cooking is just, you know, to pay the bills. But it has been a passion now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's going on really well. So do you have to get get your referee badges or how does that work to become a League of Ireland ref? Uh, You have to register with the FEI and then you have to join the local branch. I'm I'm associated with the Cork referees branch. And then you progress. Uh, and for the past two years, I'm on the League of Ireland panel because you have to do a school, a uh, school of excellence. It's a two-year program in Dublin. So you go there four times a year. So me and my brother, we are both referees on the panel. And uh, yeah, but uh, we have been on the panel for the past two years, but we still haven't got the break in the Division 1. But we'll wait because, you know, <laughs> I feel get there. God's delays are not God's denials. You'll get we there. We keep waiting. You'll get there. My apologies. Yeah. I, I just made a claim and announcement that Goa is an island off India. It's not actually. It's stuck onto the land itself. <laughs> My apologies. You're so kind for not correcting me. So you so you went as a pastry chef to Castle Martyr, then to the Cliff House. Uh, COVID came along and you got a truck, was it? Yeah, my I started cooking in the farmer's markets in a gazebo. And I cook everything fresh in the market on the day because I don't have a kitchen base. So then after a few months, my brother helped me buy a food truck and I got it done in Northern Ireland from a company called Butlers, which make the best trailers for me, in my opinion. Right. And in last year, March, I got it and I have it for a year now. So I go from places, festivals or catering in somebody's house and three of my farmers markets, my, my major ones. That's incredible. And of course, you've just gone from strength to strength, winning the battle of the food trucks. Uh, I think it was te- televised on RTE, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it all... It's, it's is it all being televised. Yeah, go ahead. It's still being televised on RTE Player, so you can download the app for free and you can watch all the six episodes there. Good man yourself. Is it all about the spices, Chris? Uh, no, my, I, can, I can work in any kitchen. But basically, I'm a pastry chef. I've, worked, I've done pastry for 15 years. Kitchen is cooking is only after COVID. During COVID, I was alone in my apartment and I started cooking. Yeah. But I used to not cook for people before that. But then I started cooking in the market. Then it keeps getting better. I started with two kgs chicken. And now last week on Wednesday in Kinsale, I cooked 15 kgs chicken. 15 you know, kgs. So increasing. So, but, but chicken is chicken. Yeah. It's about the flavors you're putting into it, isn't it? It's about, surely be to God, you must be getting really fresh spices and herbs because some of the stuff we buy in the supermarkets is pretty it's pretty ropey 
Um, yeah, I see many people buy these ready-made sauces from Musgraves or for bulk. I use my fresh powders, and I don't make and I don't use any preservatives or anything. Everything is fresh, so it's all by instinct. I don't have recipes. Every day it will taste different. It will taste good, of course, but uh, there are no recipes. <laughs> What's your speciality? Is it the chicken biryani, or you making wonderful, wonderful burgers, or? I see you do Indian dishes with beef, cheese and potatoes. It's very traditional, is it? Yeah, it is traditional. But, you know, with that beef thing which I did for the finals, it was my take on a paratha. It's a classic from India. But normally in India, because there is Hindus, they don't use much of beef in restaurants. But this was my take for the Irish people. I use potatoes, I use cheese, all Irish. And then the beef from from locally sourced, from Murphy's Butchers and Ferrell's in Middleton. I love it. So I use that in the paratha. Yeah, so, so a paratha would be, on, you know, it's a, it's kind of your take or an Indian take on what we would call a burger, but you use a flatbread, do you? Yes, I use a flatbread, but it is stuffed inside the flatbread, so it is very skillful, it's technical. So I did this in the final meal, and I didn't do any curry in the final. I wanted to display my skills, not the taste. Taste, like it's, curry is easy, but I wanted, I did three different things for the final. So the burger was wrapped inside the naan bread, and it, you have to cook it for 15 people. And it is within one, one hour, 15 minutes you get. And there is talking in between interviews. So it was timed. Mm-hmm. And I got it out really well. So I took the take of a burger. People like burger. And I stuffed it inside the naan bread. Yeah. yeah so I mean, because you're... It a, worked out really well. Clearly, you know, before you eat it, you're seeing it through your eyes. So visually, it has to look fantastic, doesn't it? Of course, the taste follows. But if you don't like the look of it, it could taste fantastic. But if you don't like the look of it, you're not going to order it or buy it or eat it. You're not. Yeah. And it, it sounds interesting too. Beef burger, um, beef paratha. They're like, what is that? People are surprised to know what it is because you won't find it in any Indian restaurants. Because nobody uses beef. Not many people use beef. It's only lamb, chicken or fish maybe in the Indian restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, I love, uh, Indi- I love me, Indian I food. It's my favourite food. I absolutely love it. I really do. Where can we get to eat your food? Uh, Neil, I'm usually in the markets, farmer's markets, Tuesday in Wilton, uh, Wednesday I'm in Kinsale, and Saturday I'm in Middleton. I am based in Middleton. I live on the main street. So Middleton is like my home market. But all the other three markets are also really special to me because Wilton is the place I started, my first cooking in the I know, I know. So we need to be looking out for a food truck with Spice Genie on the side of it, is it? Yes, it's it's a green food truck. You can't miss it. And I'm at the entrance of the farmer's market in Middleton. So that's my permanent spot now. So you can't miss it. And you'll get the aromas will draw you to the truck. The aromas will draw you to the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know something, when you're refereeing the uh, Champions League final or Gone off refereeing the World Cup. Please don't give. Please don't give up the food. The food truck, will you? No, no, no. Now food is getting becoming my my love. <laughs> it's also I always loved it, but cooking it for people is making me more happy now. So I think it might take over refereeing. I don't know. I keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> well, you can juggle both careers, maybe, Chris. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I can keep going, you know, refereeing as long as you're fit, you can referee in Ireland. So I'll keep going. But cooking is making me really happy because I can see people happy, you know. Oh, well it's done. nice to see people happy. And oh, smiling. for God's sake. Nothing happier than sharing good food. And yours is certainly the best around. You wouldn't have won the award of the Battle yeah. of the Food Trucks. Congratulations, my man. And I'm so delighted that you brought the accolades and the prize back to Leaside. Thank you so much.
Look after yourself. Thank All you right, for having Chris. me. Thank bye, you for having me. Bye, bye Neil. He's just bye. a wonderful bye. guy, Chef Chris Braganza soon to be uh, refereeing World Cups and Premier Leagues and national finals all over the place. Good luck to him. Check him out. Keep an eye out at all the different farmers markets for the Spice Genie. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Last bunch of shout outs. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106 Red FM. We are really as a county, Ireland's culinary can- county and Cork, Ireland's culinary capital and we've got a new five day food festival coming to Cork later this month is going to be called Fork Festival. It's the very first Cork on a Fork Festival. It kicks off in venues and streets across Cork City Centre. I'm reading from the Echo this morning. It will happen from the 17th to the 21st of August across the streets of Cork City uh, and you can go. Locals and visitors will be able to feast on the finest food and learn all about Cork's culinary scene. Uh, I hope to come back to that next week because apparently already 50 different food locations and venues have signed up to host events and more about more being added to the festival schedule every day tell you more about that next week on air i'll talk to the players behind it but it's called the very first cork on a fork festival across the city august 17th to 21st and if you're digging out the barbecue at the weekend remember when i started the program this morning talking about the top test steps to the perfect cookout there's nothing perfect about it and there should be always an element of flat slap dashery when it comes to a barbecue, you know, I mean, you can be too military about it, but they are suggesting that the best barbecue begins at 2 p.m., that the temperature outside should be 22 degrees and it should last four hours. In Ireland, you can't set your, you can't have those kind of rules with an Irish climate, but that's what they're saying nonetheless. So they go on then to tell you about the sauces and the breads. The most popular sauce, ketchup, followed by barbecue sauce. I don't like barbecue sauce. Then mayonnaise, then sweet chili sauce. I don't like that either. Sweet chili sauce. And then mustard. So they're the top five. Apparently, a white burger bap. I love, I hate the sugary buns, burger buns. I love the baps, I really do. I don't like the brioche, they're too sweet as well, but they feature. But also, obviously for the hot dog, you need the hot dog bun. Uh, But many people also apparently like to use pita, and they stuff the pita, you know, instead of using a burger bun. So that's the deal on that. Uh, And of course, the the same old popular ones uh, include uh, what you serve, and that of course would be steak, uh, drumsticks, burgers, but the best thing for me on a barbecue always, time after time after time, is one of the jumbo big long sausages. But whatever you do, don't burn it and do enjoy it. Last bunch of shout-outs then, Free Food Friday, and then we'll pick a winner. Morning to everybody at Ace Entertainment, flat out doing weddings today. To everybody at Trevor Toolhire who are listening. Tui, the travel agents in Wilton, the St. Vincent de Paul shop in Holly Hill. Morning to ASU Airport Security at the airport who are listening. Adapted in Black Rock. To everybody at Premier Auto Parts in Paladuff. Icon Groundworks in Tower are listening this morning. Cullenview Interiors, Merview Laboratories, Hobart, Goods, Goods Hill and Mallow. Feelings Pharmacy in Blackrock Hall Munster DG the fire crew in Canturk Dental Options in Blackrock PGB Sports in Blackpool Dean Civils in Glashine Road Union Chandlery and Ducloin are listening as well I'm out of shout outs for now so we need to pick a free food Friday winner let me have ones coming up on the screen now and it is Pro Valley in Maham Point. Any chance we give them a quick call? See how they're doing? Get them on the phone, get a shout out. Don't know how many are working down there, but if there's not 15 of them, they can share it with an awful lot of their neighbours down in Maham Point. So Pro Valley, let's see if we can get them on the phone. Text 0868104106 for all other bits. You got it? Nice one. Let me see. Let me see who's down there. Uh, who is it? It's Veronica. Veronica! 
Hi, Neil. How are you? I'd say you're a hungry, hungry bunch washing and valeting and polishing cars, huh? They're starving, Neil. How many, how many of you down there? There's uh, five of us down there, but there's a load of carries and stuff around as well. Oh, as in carries, the people what sell cars, is it? Yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. Okay, well, this will feed at least 15 of you, right? Oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. Delighted. Give me a few names down there. Who else is down there with you? Um, Eric, Danny, uh, Paris, Alan, and Damien. And next door then, any names there? Um, Ken... I'm trying to hold on. I'm only winding you up. I don't need to know. I just I just need to know there's going to be plenty of you there because there'll be 15. Oh, there is. Yeah, there is. There's, there's food for at least yeah, 15. Is it valet or valet? Valet. Valet. Why do I say valet? Maybe it's because I'm half mad. It's valet. <laughs> it's valet, yeah. Pro valet. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. So pro valet no in man point. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the food. Free Food Friday winners. Oh, Roosters, period. Thanks, all right, give us a big shout-out. Thank you. Come on, lad. <laughs> Thank big, you. Big shout-out before you go. <laughs> oh, my God, that hurt. That hurt. <laughs> Enjoy the food, guys. For all of the business, text 086-8104-106, and we'll pick it up. I just loved that remix this morning by Ripper getting married a little later on today. I think it's a fantastic thing to do. Well done to you. Now, uh, still a little bit of business to go between now and midday today. Um, I know that um, I have a few little bits and pieces to do before finishing. And I just want to do um, some giveaways now for our tourist attractions, courtesy of ourselves and various tourist locations. Uh, and this is across the fair county of Cork. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do this morning. We're going to give away family passes now for Photo Wildlife Park. So if you'd like to win a Photo Wildlife Park tourist attraction, get in touch. All right. Text or pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. Our lines are open for that for Photo Wildlife Park. There's another thing happening, right? It's not on the phones, um, but it's actually it's actually by text. I can't really say any more than that without giving it away. No one knows about the things that I've been through with you. All right, I see the text coming in thick and fast with many people texting 0868104106 with the phrase, live my best life with Westlife. So in a couple of seconds time, I'll make some calls. You never know who might be lucky enough to win a pair of tickets for Westlife at Porky Cueve tomorrow week. And we've got more to give away across the weekend and even more next week. Can I mention that the photo wildlife passes are gone, guys? We have those ones shifted. But don't worry, next week we have a whole bunch more to give away, which is your opportunity to take up one of our offers of tourist attractions across the county and bring the family with you and the weather will be great for us next week. So stop on the photo wildlife because those ones are gone for now. Um, one or two pieces of housekeeping before I go. Oh, incidentally, uh, we did um, want to talk about other topics from yesterday's programme and a lot of texts came in particularly on coursing and issues like that. It'll be Monday before I come back to those. So if you have been in touch, don't be disappointed. Don't think I'm ignoring anything. I'm not. So hang in there. One or two calls. I promise I will come back in a second or two uh, and make a Westlife call. So hang in there as soon as we get ourselves sorted with the different uh, with the different calls and what have you. Um, but I just want to mention that there's a big event happening uh, and it starts today and it runs till the 13th of August. And it's a charity event. Just very quickly, the owner of Oxygen Hair Design is going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with a group of 14 others in aid of Cork Arc Cancer Support House um, and uh, 
Uh, it's a memory of her late beloved brother, Corey Ray. So Alwyn Ray is doing the climb. Corey passed away in September of 2017. He was diagnosed with a brain tumour, the misfortune, in May and passed away in September. There's a GoFundMe page set up for it. It's called Climb for Ark and Stella Maris Primary School. Stella Maris Primary School is in Tanzania. Oxygen Hair Design Team have been very good to us in the past. And I just wanted to give them a shout out and wish them the best of luck with it. So it's a GoFundMe page called Climb for Ark and Stella Maris Primary School. Good luck with the climb. Alwyn, thanks for getting in touch. And the charity event that they're holding runs right across the week from starting today until the 13th. Special hair treatment to all of their clients who book between those dates. The cost of the treatment is usually €20, but they're offering it for a tenner for the week. And they'll donate the difference to the charity uh, from today until the 13th. So good luck to them on that one. Sorry about that. I was trying to get line six on the air, but Mary's not there. My apologies for that. So I'll tell you what we'll do. We will make a call and get ourselves sorted for those Westlife tickets. So make sure you're sticking by your phone and we'll see how that one goes. I think we might be having one or two issues with phone lines. So we have to hang in there and see how we go with that one. So I'll tell you what I will do. I will use this opportunity to uh, get stuck into one or two of the texts and calls that I didn't get to yesterday, this morning, um, and just use time while we're getting that phone call sorted uh, with regards to what we were doing on air yesterday. Um, Whether or not we should actually be eating meat and all is another matter, considering we were talking yesterday about greyhounds and killing animals humanely for food. Uh, One person was saying, Jesus ate meat. Yeah, I accept that. But many people were very, very unhappy with the topic, of course, seeing that it even exists at all in the country we live in and the times we're living in today. And here's one of them. Here we go again, trying to ban country sports and having a go at Michael Healy Ray because he speaks his mind and represents country pursuits. Somebody else said, though, that just because something is legal doesn't make it morally right. Uh, Greyhounds coursing and chasing down hares. There have been many immoral laws over time which have ultimately been outlawed, and this should also be one of them. Why hasn't the party that made the law uh, be put on the radio to defend this law, the political party that allows it, put Micheál Martin on the spot to defend it, He'll probably end up uh, blaming West, uh, bl- blaming Brexit or what have you. And one more for now. It's an inhumane so-called sport. I worked in the business park in the airport near a wooded area that, had hun- that has hundreds of bunnies and hundreds of hares. I've seen people let their dogs off the leash just to chase the poor things and tear them apart. Every day you will find their poor mangled bodies in the business park at the airport. Oh my God. It's so barbaric. There's also dog baiting going on in Toker Park. Small little terriers used as bait for big cruel dogs, brutal dogs, and no one's doing anything about it. The guards were notified, but never turn up. Isn't it unbelievable that people would do that? Uh, Particularly that's part of the story about the business park and the airport, a wooded area. Dogs just intentionally being left off the lead. Um, Anyway, I'm going to love you and leave you for the day that's in it. Before we go, a few... uh, What have you got? Um, Okay, let me see who's online. Let me just take this one, line one. Good morning. Who's that? My name is Nia. Nia of who? Nia Foley. And where is Nia Foley calling from? I'm calling from Toker. Okay, and are you a Westlife fan? I am indeed. How big? Out of scale of one to ten, where would you be? Oh, I just love them. I have their... Believe it or not, cassette plays over and over and over again. A cassette? You're really old school, aren't you? Aren't I just, yes. (laughs) Not too old school to go to Parky Cueve Saturday week, though. Not at all, no. All right, well, I don't know. Will we sort you out, Niamh? What do you think? 
Oh, please do. Please do. <laughs> Hello, my love. Who would you take with you? Hello, my love. <laughs> Hello, Hello, my love. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you take with you? I would take my twin sister. Oh, my God. What's Neve? Oh, she up in Neve. And what's her name? Fiona. Well done. Well, will you ever get on the phone there, tell Fiona that you just snaffled two Westlife tickets for Parky Cueve tomorrow week? Super. Okay, thank good. you. You're welcome. Congratulations. And thank you so thank much you. for being part of the show and for listening and calling and winning. So have a great weekend. You have something nice to look forward to, all right? Uh, great stuff. Thanks very much. All the best to you, Niamh. Take bye care. Bye. Cheers. Stay listening across the rest of the day and indeed the weekend and all of next week for Westlife Tickets live at Parky Cueve. It'll be great to have them on Lee side, and that's happening tomorrow week. There'll be a great buzz around for that. Breeder Ryan in Kilbarry Place and Anthony Hennessy in Churchfield Avenue have won our Photo Wildlife Passes so you can enjoy those as well if, particularly if you're heading to Photo while the weather is good and it will be for some time to come. Listen, our lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 0818104106 whatever we didn't get to we'll get back to it on Monday and if you have a story to share you can always email neil at redfm.ie have a good day great weekend I'll see you Monday for more Red FM podcasts go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast